So let's see some hustle. Let's jack it up a little. Now, why would we be saying that in June? You know why? Because we're getting ready for NFL. We had like six. What, what, what do we have? Four picks. One, two, three, five picks in the NFL already. Season win totals. We had, what, four picks in the NBA. And Fez, three and one in the WNBA. Yep. You're, how are you doing the USFL? Four and two. That's good. And Canadian football starts up. You, you think, how could this guy be so ready in the NFL? And it's like, no one can believe it. That's how hustling and busy he is. And that segues into our offer. You can get all of football through the Super Bowl. And I think, wait a minute, RJ, the preseason starts in August. Why would I necessarily buy before that? Well, it's because you get the USFL. No one could forget that. You get college football. Yeah, that's part of it. But you also get Canadian football. UCC, you might think, no, Canadian football. Fats, could you really do all these sports and be really up on the NFL in June? It would be damn difficult. But somehow you do it. How? Well, your NFL is a little behind. All right. But let's be honest. That doesn't matter till July. Are you going to be ready by July? I will. And and to be honest. I mean, when Mark Lawrence's magazine comes out, when, when I, 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 With the ending of the NBA season, I will completely be shifting gears and I will be revving my NFL engines. I mean, the, I mean, the NBA, the, the one game every three days. <laughs> I get it. I get it. All right. You know what? Let's just call a spade a spade, Fez. You are able to beat these off-football sports, these non-off-brand, we'll call them, so well, it's like you can't pull yourself away from that money. Like, you could say, I'm not doing the USFL. I'm going to take a little, spend a little time with my son, who will soon be in college. Yeah, seven years, six years. But Probably instead, my mine. son is helping me handicap the USFL. But instead, you're saying, I got to bet this USFL yes. because I have a 12% ROI or it's, whatever. It's wreckable. <laughs> They're just going to get. So, in a way, you might think, I'm glad I'm not Fez's son. Well, no, you wish you were because he's a hell of a dad and he's soft, soft. So, I mean, that's what else would you want, right, as a kid? <laughs> a rich, loving dad that kind of gave you a compassion when you needed it. I wish I'd tell you this. I, I didn't have any of those. <laughs> so you didn't have a mansion and a yacht when you were a kid. No, uh, no. Coal miners. Usually, no, I I could smell the Ohio River. Hey, so you know I could dream on it. But you love money, and I think if there's any way, I always say this: Do you want to bet against them or do you want to bet with them? You might say bet against him. I don't want that. Well, if you bet without knowing who he has, a lot of the time you're going to be betting against him. You don't want that. You're moving markets with the CFL or with the uh, USFL. Oh, big time. Yes. When you bet, what happens? The line moves a full point. Just because you've decided to bet. Against the openers. Bingo. So if you were like single and trying to impress a girl, you could say, watch this. Pick a team. (laughs) And then put it in and boom, the line moves. Oh, I'm married and I want to impress people and and I do that. Yes. But you don't let them pick the team. No, I pick the team. That would have been see, but you see what I'm saying? Oh no. If you you married, you're saying, hey, do you want to watch me move the line? Mm. If you were trying to score, you would say, pick the team. Yes, but I I would rather not score and get the game right. But you're married. Yes. You following that, Scott? Yes. 
<laughs> I think everyone agrees, right, AJ? Yes. <laughs> it's different. All right. Either way, if you want to score with Fats, <laughs> we got an offer for you. It's all of football, and that does include the NFL, doesn't include college, CFL, which is starting this weekend, and the USFL. Now, Fez, if you look at all of his, like last year, just in college football, he was up 45 units. You might think he's an NFL guy. 45 units. You're winning in the USFL. You've, uh, we don't have your record in Canadian football, but we're pretty, let's just say this. I would have heard you bellyache in a long time that you were losing. I never heard yep. that. I think we can all know that. The, it's like Sherlock Holmes, the, the dog who didn't bark. <laughs> Right, the fact that you weren't crying about it means you weren't losing. I'll take your word for that. <laughs> Does anyone doubt that, AJ? No, because <laughs> Fez can be winning and he's crying about yeah. it. He should be winning more. Yeah, if he were one in three in WNBA, you would have heard about that loss. Oh, you would have heard how the bad beat it was, yeah. how the president of the United States somehow got involved. <laughs> but you don't listen. You shouldn't lose easy. You don't. I mean, like some people take losing like it's nothing. I hate losing. I know. I you know, know that. Now he, I know. I mean, that's why we've had problems in the past when I would beat the hell out of you for <laughs> so long. You, at this point, do you think you're positive EV when you go against me? Because at some point you'd have a winning streak, right? Uh, <laughs> I'd much, what's just said, much rather be on the RJ team <laughs> than opposing the RJ team. But you did get me on a Monday night game this year. I hated that. Uh, and and you know what? I may start betting you on on temperatures on cities that border oh, lakes. Oh, that comes up in the pod. It's good. <laughs> and we're thinking about, and Scott, tell me if you like this. We're thinking about forcing a bet on every game this year between us. Where we pick a time, Ooh. and it's Friday at a certain point. We got to bet every game, and we're going to look at the mean square error of the differences of you know how many points really. We'll do it point wise too. Yeah. If you win or cover, that's fine. But you cover by ten, it's worth ten. We'll do our net margin on but that. But then we can't do totals. No, I agree. We'll do net margin yeah. on that. Yeah, I'm not a totals guy. I yeah. wouldn't even try. I mean, you're a lot better at that than me. Though I want to crack that code too. All right, oh two. We'll see. All right. <laughs> You never know. The thing about the NFL is, I mean, if you win two Super Contests, it's pretty proof. In two years in a row, like one guy on earth has Fez, you probably are pretty good at the NFL, and I agree, he is. But otherwise, for the most part, the season's so short that the side picks are not going to be that many. Typically, you're going to do three a week at most if you're betting your, you know, betting real money. You don't have enough games that it does. It should take multiple seasons to know if you're really good. But the league changes every year where all of a sudden we got the two high safety. So now you got to handicap differently. But, before, you know, the handicapping styles evolve. How many times has your handicapping styles evolved in the time in Vegas? Oh, astronomical difference. So the guy that won three years ago, in theory, has had to evolve. Now, if you got a guy that stood the test of time, you kind of figure he can evolve with it. And pregame has evolved. We can w- uh, go ahead and, and give out plays in game now. On the system, yeah, and, and, and if you're you're uh, if you're a part of uh, how's that work? If you're a subscriber to your all access, you get that. Yes. Oh, Jesus. Yes. So obviously, can't give it out during a play, but and during a TV timeout, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, you, you boom, you know, you got two, three minutes. And really, effectively, halftime betting. Is, halftime's end of quarters. End of yeah. quarters, you get a good four minutes. Yeah, that's the time to do that stuff. 
and you're in front of the TV doing that. Instead of playing with Johnny, you're doing that anyway. Nonstop. Mm-hmm. And you got Johnny doing logging, like charting games and stuff, he, right? He shows me who got the opening kickoff. I need to know who gets the ball to start the third quarter. You That's his what, job. You know what I see? I just had a flash. You ever have a flash of the future? Yeah. Like a flash? Sure. I just had a flash of Fez is in an old age home. Okay? So it's like 10 plus years from now. And, and, and Johnny's getting interviewed by like Casino Times. Like it's some entity, and he's talking about his dad like as loving as you can, but his dad's like this unknown figure from the past that he's trying to shine some light on. You know how that happens sometimes Mm. where there's a guy that has moderate success, then his son gets to the top of an industry, but those who were in the industry knew the dad, but he never really broke through nationally, Mm. like to the highest level. That will be a proud moment as you're eating your pudding. <laughs> or drinking it. I mean, right around. I can't you see that? Because odds are he's going to want to go into, like, if he doesn't go into gambling, he'll go into the stock market probably. Yeah, he'll be gambling. Like, he, yeah, yeah, I'd love for him to be, you know, r- running a hedge fund, but something this, like that. This ended, well, listen, that's not too much to ask him. Uh, 11 or 12? It's 12. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's a good ambition. But <laughs> does Fez love money? He wants his son to run a, run a hedge fund. He's 12. I mean, <laughs> Yes. <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is you get the taste for, is your opinion right? Are you willing to back it? It gets yeah, you the blood. exactly. I like it. Anyway, you want to bet with him. But, I, Faz, now when Johnny's picks start being for sale, we'll be promoting the hell out of those, too. I hope we can get that. Maybe in college, like before he hits the big time, he can make money making picks in college. Hmm. And if you're dead or, or, or addled, it can be like the the son of Fez. They used to do Mike Lee when he died. For about yeah. two years, they sold picks. It was the friends of Mike Lee. Because hmm. they said that he taught them these private techniques that only he they knew. Son of Fez. Yeah. Wow. That's going to be sad when you're gone, Fez. Hopefully he'll be around for another 10 years. Yeah. Is that the goal? Well, as long as— What's your actuarial table say? Well, as long as I stay in Nevada, (laughs) I should be able to make it another 17 years. But that's that's life expectancy from birth. So I think I'm supposed to go— Yeah, once you reach, like, you know, know, a certain age— I think I'm supposed to live 21 more years. Okay. But— That's kind of scary. That's not very long. I know. And plus, the last couple years won't even be full function, probably. The funny, the, yeah, the funny thing is he started laughing, then his eyes went dark. He went, oh, no, you're right, Archie. <laughs> you know, I, I think of that sometimes, too, because I think, like, for some reason to me, 70 feels like a big number, right? Like, like there's people, get, I know a lot of people in their late 60s that were really vigorous, and then at 72, 73, they're not. There's something between 68 and 72, it seems, to get people. Not that they're, you know, they just aren't the same, right? Now, listen, my grandfather, 85, he was still going hard. So, I mean, everyone's different, right? But I think about 70, and I think, okay, it's this many years. And then here's what I do. I think back to how many years ago that was, how old I was. And when that doesn't sit too well, that gets a little disconcerting. Yeah. So for you, it got to be horrifying. <laughs> but still in my 50s, I can turn back the clock with lifestyle still. So Viagra? I, That'll only shorten the lifespan. <laughs> I, is that, do you have a bad experience with it? No. Oh, well, what would you mean then? I would just imagine uh, getting your heart rate up. I'm asking for a friend. <laughs> 
<laughs> All right. <laughs> this was a little rambunctious show. I can't lie. We got Goodfella. Just last year in Canadian football. Is he from Canada? He's from Portland, right? So he's right up near Pacific there. Northwest. Yeah. Vancouver's right up the road. 14 units just in, in Canadian football. Wow. 40 units in the NFL. Steven Nover, 30 units in college football. Spartan, 20, almost 20 units in the NFL. All these guys are doing Canadian football. So if you're gonna if you're thinking of getting Goodfell, and he's got a huge audience, a lot of people are dedicated. I mean, if anything, Faz, he always is nipping it and tucking with you for the leaders of wins. He's one of those guys. He does Canadian football. Fez does. Nover does. Spartan does. J.R. O'Donnell does. If you are thinking of getting any of them, now's the time to get it. Now. And because you're listening to the pod, you get $50 off an extra 50 This is what everyone is not being offered this. You're special. You're special. And what do you do? Coupon code CFL50. So C for Canadian. F for football, L for league, CFL 50, because you're getting $50 off. But that's not all. Steak knives, no, 100 bulk dollars on top of it. So you get 50 off, you get 100 bulk you could spend on anything you want. You can say, you know what? If Johnny ever sells with us, you'll be able to use it if you wanted to wait. They never expire. Use it whenever you want. That's coupon code CFL50. On to the show. NBA Finals in the midst of it, plus more NFL bets and picks. We got a full house here. To my right, Wally Pip. Oh, wait, A.J. Hoffman. (laughs) Steve Fezzik. Scott Seidenberg, McKenzie in the control room, but he likes to talk. I'm R.J. Bell. What are we doing today? Well, we got a continuation of our over-under force pick, four of them in the next five weeks kind of thing. But we're doing it. What do we call this, guys? Is it lightning points, Fez, you're saying? Action points. Action points. So we were just filling in Wally here. And what was interesting? Who replaced me? I feel like me being well, you back. Have, you haven't gotten that. Makes me not Wally. You haven't, yet. That, you haven't gotten that memo. Oh, I didn't get the email from <laughs> HR yet. Um, we were saying, how can these extreme numbers matter? So, if you recall, and by the way, there was a little technical snafu that went on for a while. I don't want to name any names, Wally. But what we'll say. Wally. <laughs> but what we'll say is. What we'll say is we got it covered. You may be seeing this in your feed for the first time in like a month. You might have thought, where's RJ? Did he finally have a heart attack? He did not. Thank God. No. And yeah, so whichever feed you're subscribed to, you'll get the uh, you'll get this episode now. Yeah, the 38 people in the other feed. <laughs> it actually had gotten built up pretty big, but it's... Uh, oh, well, good. It'll, all right. It'll so all, it'll all merge be, now. It, it will merge. Yep. Okay, all the better. Uh, so... I'm in track. I mean, it was only a short period of time. How many was there in the in the new feed? Was uh, there two new feeds? There was one was one uh, never got any push. Uh-huh, uh-huh. That was a that a shows mistake you, that feed. shows you without the push how big of a mistake that could be. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Uh, the the newer one was up to about a quarter of our normal audience. Yeah. Now the question is, how many of those were people that actually made the effort to find us, which is a lot of them. Which that's what we had. We were. So spread, how many new spread in the world? Yeah. yeah. All right. Either way, 
All's good. All's well that ends well, except for all of the anxiety in the interim. But you don't have to worry about that. Don't worry. All right. So last week, what we did was started this contest in which we are all forced to make four picks in the next five weeks. And that allots for the fact that during the summer, there will be a, a few Wally Pip situations for a week or whatever. And... I, boy, it just makes me want to have someone come back and his desk is like there's new like there's new pictures on the desk with a new family. <laughs> it's a new family. Yeah. My, I, I, was, I was picturing my uh, my key card not working. Like, what's going on here? Why do that? <laughs> Where, it's like you're like um, Tom Hanks and and when he's on the island or whatever. Castaway. Yeah. No, I was, thinking, I, I was thinking it has to be like kind of like when uh, when when they played the prank on Dwight in the office where it was an Asian gym. And the pictures on his desk were of him with the Pam and everything. And Jim's like, Jim's not Asian. What are you talking about? And he's like, well, good for you for not seeing race, Dwight. <laughs> so real quick, last week we had a real, I, I mean, we were unveiled something or we found out something about Scott, which was he had a passion for theme songs of sitcoms. I mean, now, what did you pick? Three of them and they were all in the top 10 of the yeah. best of all time? Mm-hmm. Real quick, and if you need a minute, that's fine. What's yeah, I'll need fit? a minute. Yeah, right. I, I haven't thought about this before. It might be Blossom. It's up, it's up there. I like the song more than I like the show. Oh, for sure. No, yeah. <laughs> I like the show. I did as a child or as a teenager. I had a thing for Blossom. I'm just going to okay. be honest. Think on that. Okay. That's called a tease in the business, everyone. Now, remember, I only fulfill about half my teases, so but we hopefully will in yeah. this case. All right, so what are we doing? We're going over or under. The market. But here's the thing. We were talking about Sam Fran, for example. What happens if somehow they only won, uh, what was it? We said uh, six games, right? Well, we looked at it, and it'd be literally $17 for every dollar bet would be lost. In this case, won by Fez, right? So because the theory is he's going under, and if if they only win – uh, six, it's going to go under the most extreme number at DraftKings, and that's what we're doing, a no-vig payout on that. So wait a minute. If, Fez some, if, if somehow San Fran delivers on that, it would be 1700 Scott would owe him because it's a $100 bet per person, 1700 I would owe him. Now, we know that's not going to happen. 1700 AJ would owe him. 1700 McKenzie would owe him. That adds up to $30,000, I think. <laughs> I like that. So, Something so, like that. That's $6,800, all right? I just did that in my head. I thought we were just going to pool collectively so that he would only he would win the 1700 but it would be divided between all of us. How does that work? It seems like a $100 bat per – so, like – in in action, I'm going to have four hundred dollars bet with Faz. I'm going to have four hundred bet with you, mm-hmm. four hundred bet with AJ. That seems appropriate, right? right? But I like us booking for it, having to pay seventeen hundred. Like, but you have the exact same chance of winning. But it's something I don't necessarily disagree with. Like, you're asking me to book something on seventeen to one. Well, that, that brings up an interesting point. If you want to pick the same thing the other guy has picked, mm-hmm. you can do that. All right. So what it does is it makes it where that cross bet is invalidated because there's no action that, that could come from it. But here's the beauty of it. You've got that bet with the other people, but you have to then, because you took his pick, you have to bet against one of his other picks. So really that means if, if you at any point you have a right to say, I don't want to book that, I'm going to pick it. Okay. And you know what, Fez? I think we should allow those cross bets. 
I just had an idea. Huh? Those cross bats shouldn't be your, you fulfilling your bet. You should just have a right to cross bet whoever you want, whenever you want. But then you've got to bet against him in another bet. Sure. So that gets away. AJ's making a good point. It's not forcing you to book anything. Mm-hmm. But it it makes you where if a guy there's three other so in theory you're only going to be able to cross bet two from one person because then you'd have to then counter bet his other two so that's the rule is you like that AJ so yeah. all right so that helps it that helps it so by the way last week these are our picks Fez had under San Francisco under ten and a half okay um, McKenzie had Green Bay over seven and a half which I actually like I think he's got a good pick there. Uh, Scott has Tampa Bay under, uh huh, and I think he's on the right side. It feels like that line's moved a good bit. What did that open up at? Six and a half is the current number. Six and a half. That hasn't moved at all. Well, now it's six point two market. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And remember, you might say, "Well, how's he getting six and a half? Well, the payouts at DraftKings are going to be accordingly. So, like right now, the over is plus one ten. The under is minus one thirty. Right, so effectively, it's going to be what one um, one twenty two under is what you're laying, no vig. So you know it's always going to even out based on the market. And I have over New England now seven and a half, just to taunt Fez, just to show him that the rules don't apply to me. They apply to him, but not me. I'm not talking about the rules of pregame. I'm talking about the rules of life. If I wanted to smoke cigarettes, I won't get cancer. I'm just predicting it. <laughs> and if I do. Yeah, you, know, you know, I'll be sad for a little while, then I'll be gone. So it won't be that. I won't have to live with it. No, you got your concierge doctor. It'll be fine. Yeah. I th- Early detection. That everything. is important. Get, ladies, I mean, breast cancer checkups, yep. guys. Get Colon guard. Do you do I your sent, col- I sent colostomy or whatever it's called? I, 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 I did the cheapo. I just sent in my colon guard. They said I'm okay. So first we can explain. We do time shifts. What does that mean? It means... We have a unstructured conversation, let's call it. And you know what? We get off topic. Sometimes we'll go 20, 25 minutes. But the beauty of podcasting, and I will say this to get off topic one more second. I believe the thing that's ruined podcasting is all the radio people in podcasting now just making another vertical for their, their, their trite crap is what I think. Are you talking about me and Scott? No. <laughs> You're part of the problem, but it's not the only – no. But but think about it. Now, everyone is producing podcasts. Everyone and their brother has two podcasts. And you know what? Who are the producers? Radio producers, typically. Mm-hmm. They're coming in with the same crap they did on radio. Now they're thinking, all right, we don't have six minutes of commercials an hour, but still, we'll do it this way. It's not the way to podcasts are built to be made, done differently. You know what one of the differences is? You can time shift. And if you don't time shift – Shame on you. And we're back. Time shifted back. Fez, you would think he'd be refreshed, but he looks more tired, except he was the one in the time shift in which we went. What did we talk about? We went at length into uh, theme songs? Porn stars. Por- oh, that was it. Fez got us down the and road. Tom porn Cruise. St- and, and let's be honest, Fez, you brought it up, right? I did. Yeah. And then AJ was like blasting older women. It was weird. <laughs> I mean, after Don Lemon or whatever his name is got his show taken away from him, you know the CNN guy, Don Lemon. Yeah, is it, okay, is he so French I, or something? I'm, I'm Don Lemon. <laughs> well, I don't think French should have a problem think, with older were, were women. You thinking about like, what is it, Greg Lemon? Is that the cyclist? <laughs> now, I actually think, if I remember, you know, the only, and this is the truth. I don't watch 
any news at this point, really, because it's just all so biased to me. Like I, I'm the rare mother effer that would want it down the middle. I and most people are gonna say they want it, but by all ratings, you don't see that, right? Everyone typically want, well, most people want to hear what they believe. Yep. And they want to be affirmed. Well, I certainly don't want to be said I'm an idiot too, but I don't. I want to hear the contrary points, right? But um, the one thing I always watch—not always, but twice a week—I'd watch the Tucker Carlson on on Fox on YouTube. Though it would come up in my feed, and I'll be candid. I think he's a, a really strong broadcaster. If you think about, it, he's got a point to make. He makes it. He makes it in a compelling way. Do I agree with all his points? No, but I. It was something to watch as a broadcaster to see the stat, the techniques he was using, et cetera. So I would watch that. He was the one. Now he's got something on Twitter. I don't. I've he released the first it. episode of it today. Is that right? Yeah, okay. yeah. I haven't seen. Oh, okay. So that would have been. Yeah. Did you happen to see? It? I didn't happen. I saw a clip of it. I bet the production looks better than Fox, because what's interesting about Fox is they actually use older cameras, I guess. That that aren't 4K is what I've read because they people want things to look like the old people that te- or older people tend to watch Fox, they want things to feel like things haven't changed. Hmm. So if you have a set that's all cutting edge with like video behind, you're gonna think, oh, that doesn't look like Walter Cronkite or whatever the thing you watched was. So they purposely try to have a kind of a an older look to the show. Those people are just all watching standard definition, and that way it- I bet some of them do. Oh, I. My the, the house we stayed at for vacation. <laughs> this seems like different than the poor people can't, you know, poor older people living check to standard well, definition television. I, I mean, I watched game two of the NBA finals standard def. Well, you get the feed faster. That's smart for so live you, wagering. So what? Did oh, you, you think my internet was good enough to live wager? <laughs> so what did you go to? Like, oh, um, uh, there's a St. George up here has old St. George, which like the whole area is like it was like 50 years ago. Uh-huh. Is that where you went? No, no. It's just in the middle of nowhere. And Well, you must have been on a bad streak with your UFC batting if you could that you couldn't get like a uh, an HD television. Uh, uh, no, we don't. Own, we, I don't own the house. I know. But what I'm saying is what kind of place would offer you a TV that's not HD? I have no idea. The whole house is really nice. It Like that's isn't the one thing that isn't. Upgraded, but and don't they you see to that upgrade. Being, but it's not upgrade. When's the last time they even sold standard definition? I don't know. It's been twenty years, isn't it? No. Here's what I, I think mm. it is because it's a flat screen, so I'm guessing it's got high definition capabilities. But the satellite that they pay for, they don't pay for the HD package. What? So all the satellite feed. What is was this like? Nineteen dollars a day? No, God no. <laughs> you know what it could be? There was a certain type that wants to be brag about they don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. So, so mm-hmm. this is a place where maybe they have the TV if you need it for like an emergency. Mm. But otherwise, if you're watching too much TV, that's an indictment of you. Is that what? Is, was what it that kind of? Was maybe it that highfalutin? I don't think so. It's just like a, it's a family vacation rental. You know, families need TVs to keep the kids occupied. Those are what iPads are for. <laughs> that's but, true. By the way, no, no production on the Tucker Carlson. Oh, so he's... It's like, it's like oh. him and his laptop. <laughs> well, it's no, like him it's in like, an office. Yeah, it's just... It's a good, clean picture. Oh, it's a great... It's a yeah. good, high-quality camera, but it's but just... he's got a, the wood behind it, so he didn't go modern at all. No. And that, yeah. See, I think that's a mistake. And I believe that looks like a backdrop, because you can see the edges. Like the green screen? You can see the edges here on on the side of it. Hello. What did they search for in the backdrop archive? Was it like 1960? Little House on the Prairie? Yeah, yeah. something like that. <laughs> now, here's the funny thing. I think he's making a mistake. Because how many older people are going to Twitter to watch this? Not as many as you might hope. Right? 33.3 million views. 
Okay, but a lot of people are like us, curious. Mm-hmm. Like, what's it going to be in mm-hmm. a week? Yeah. But if you are going to try to win over some younger people, don't you go a little bit better production-wise to make it look more modern? Well, I would if I were trying to get more young people. I wouldn't have gone suit tie pocket square. I would have like loosened up a little. Well, bit. listen, he used to have a bow tie, so you can only okay. go you're, so you're right, far you're right. direction. All right, that's the kind of stuff you'll get in the time shift, except for again a lot more incendiary stuff. From our, our very own Don Lamont. Eh? <laughs> yeah, so anyway, to finish that point, I think it was uh, him that would always say Don Lamont. Like, okay, yeah, I don't know. It, it was kind of, I didn't even know. He did seem sanctimonious, though, when I did watch on, on CNN. Like a French? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I like freedom fries. <laughs> but I'll eat French fries if that's the only option. If that's the only option, yeah. All right. So, everyone, we, we're straight on how we're doing this so you can you can say i nullify this bet i don't i'm because i'm effectively picking what you're picking but now i've got to replace it with something Mm -hmm. now there is one way that there could be a crossover too which is in a given week two people because we put this all on paper before anyone knows anyone else's picks each week it could be that you accidentally have someone else's pick there if so the, you don't have to make another pick in that case, but you do have to do one cross. So it's not, I, I guess that's effectively taken care of that week's pick, but you still got to do a cross pick, which is fade one of the other picks from that person, even though you, you might not want to. Tough effing luck. All right. Anything else we need to fill in before we get started? All right. Fez, what's your pick? Pick Atlanta Falcons under eight and a half. Ooh, duh. I'm going to keep this simple. So. I, Does that I, mean a lack of prep? Yeah. All right. So let's say we're pulling out a ping, one ping pong ball okay. from a big ping pong ball container. Exactly. Couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> and the ping pong balls are different colors. Yeah. They're red and they're blue. Red and blue. Okay. It's like America. Yes. All right. No whites, no blacks, red and blue. All right. I got but it. But there's a few more blues than reds. All right. So there's something intrinsic that makes blue more likely. That's right. Now, you got to pick, is this next pool going to be red or blue? It's going to be blue. I'm only going to pick blue, even though there's going to be some times that it's probably smart to bet red. If all things being equal, look towards blue, because in the long run, that's where it's going to be easier to find value. So let's extend the analogy, because what could be a factor that would ever make it worth doing red if there was more blues? Well, let's say for the sake of argument that you, that we would expose every other ball that came out so you would know its color. So in theory, you could do a countdown and say, oh, almost like count, uh, counting from a deck in blackjack, right? Exactly. You could say, let's adjust what I think the count is, but we're not showing every ball because it's then you It's a great would, example. Yeah, so yeah. imagine we had a deck of cards and we put two extra aces in there, mm-hmm. all right? And I got to bet, is it going to be a high card ace being high mm-hmm. or a low card? Well, all things being equal on any one card... I want to bet it's going to be a high card because there's two extra aces. But as I'm counting down the deck, there's going to be situations where now the low cards are going to be the better bets. Yeah, so you're saying all things equal, you want to go with the odds effectively. You want to be the house effectively. Really, the house doesn't care. Listen, the bookmakers are not good handicappers. If they were, some are good, 
very few of any are great because if they were great, they'd probably be betting because it's a lot easier life to bet if you're great. Now, if you're not great, it's a hard life. Right, so a lot of bookmakers, right? <laughs> yeah. A lot of bookmakers are good, but they'd rather be on the counter. That's they, they got to win forty seven point five or forty seven point six percent of the time instead of fifty two point four. This is a really strong point. So, like the twenty greatest sports betting people in the world, probably eighteen of them are sports betters. Because if you were a bookmaker, you'd say to yourself, "Well, I could. I'm one of the greatest people." Absolutely, in the world, I can make more money betting than just being employed as a bookmaker. Now, I would make the case offshore. I would say a guy like the Greek at Old Olympic, those guys were truly great. Some of them were great betters, but since they could operate offshore, and again, they were willing to go gray with that. They were willing to not come back to the United States, whatever came with it, right? Some got arrested. Mm -hmm. But from what I understand, and I'll say allegedly, allegedly, and we'll see when his book comes out, Billy Walters and Spiro— Right, yes. is the name that he went by. I, again, I don't have any great knowledge into this, but and, and again, allegedly, is there was a lot of shenanigans that went on where Olympic would put up a certain number, being willing to get lopsided because it would make other people put up a certain number, and then that number goes up, and then allegedly someone like Billy Walters, let's say, light would bet it, and there was a lot of stuff going on. Are you, are you not asking to get too detailed, Fez, but you have some insight into this? I, I do not. Well, the only insight I have is I was at Pinnacle for a while. Yeah, yeah. And so we would see the shenanigans that would occur at some books where we would see a curious line move where a grande or somebody would – it seemed like all the sharp money was coming in on the favorite. And then grande would, like, deal lower on it on just for, like, a couple hours. Mm -hmm. And sometimes when we were at Pinnacle, we'd be like, let's go from five down to four. But let's keep showing five on the screen. Even though if someone actually tried to make the bet against us, well, they had to bet against four. Mm -hmm. But on the screen, we still showed five because we didn't want to give that information away yet. Mm -hmm. Now, Henry's the name the uh, from Pinnacle that was famous back in the day. And you were uh, working with Henry directly. Absolutely. and um, Great guy. Yeah. So I've never met Henry. But the... Um, uh, now he's been retired like what five or six years. I lost track with him. Yeah, yeah I, I think haven't... so. That's at least I think I'm right about that. But anyway, the reality is, if you were willing to be an operator and 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 run wild offshore, you could do a lot of things as a better slash bookmaker, right? Effectively. Yes. Now there's been various betters that try to open up books here in town. Like if like uh, I think Jimmy the Greek had a book here. Like Did he? yeah, I mean this would have been the seventies, but um, it's interesting. It, it's like. In a way, I'm a I value betting more than bookmaking, but the skill set of bookmakers is distinct, and the good ones are very much better than the not good ones. I mean, it I might say cockroaches, but it does take a skill to do that really well. Wouldn't you agree? Absolutely, especially if you're the one that's going to stick their neck out and put the opener, the world openers out yes. when nobody else does, and like I, Johnny Avello did with the with, with the college football on Sunday mornings. I always was impressed when it was by at that. the win. Yes, and then. Um, and some sometimes he was the world opener. He was always the Vegas opener. Yes. And we've seen like the Gold Nugget do that with the Game of the Year odds years ago. Now it's got and then uh, South Point started kind of doing it early, and now it's like everyone's putting stuff up almost instantly. The it's race like, to market has gotten which fast I like and it. It's, comp it's competition. People want to say they're first. Yeah. Speaking of that, I actually had a NASCAR pick. I gave Fez. I said Fez, I want. And then somehow there was a there, what happened fast. Someone got suspended. In or Group A, there's four drivers. They're mm -hmm. all paired against each other, and one of the four 
Chase Elliott got suspended. But so it wasn't they, the guy I was picking. Right, but, they, but, but it put the kibosh on betting on his how, group. Did, did we see how he did against those three? Did you check? No. All right, so who, uh, I sent that to you. You know, I actually have it in my notepad. I want to see. You think it won? I think I was I, plus one eighty. I don't. I, I don't know who's going to be in this group, so I wouldn't. I'm be able saying, to... but what I'm, I'm not asking you to handicap the NASCAR. I'm saying, do you think I would have won? I'm the. You're handicapping me. I would say you had a fifty percent, no, forty five percent chance to win, and you're betting, trying to bet plus two thirty. It was plus two thirty. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you, Mackenzie, to look this up in a second. This was this past race. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So who who is your bet? Oh, you see, so you got it. Okay. I got the results. Yeah. So the theory is he. This one guy would have to beat the other two. So those odds would have went down. Right, if, uh, I mean, obviously, if it was a three-person group, so it would have been like plus one eighty. So is that how they bet? Is that how you bet NASCAR? They give you like a group of four. You pick no, that's one of the ways you can bet outrights. You can bet top five, top ten, oh, okay, top twenty. Okay. Yeah. So it's like golf. Like you could mm-hmm. you could bet him to win the race, but you could also bet him Correct. to just beat this group. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, um, so do you bet NASCAR? No. Okay. You just know. I've talked about it before. I hear for big races. Uh, okay. All right, so Fez, you had it in in my text to you, right? So uh, the uh, the guy I wanted was Kay Larson. Okay, Kyle. so Kyle Larson. K- all right, so how'd he do? Kyle Larson finished fourth. All right, so wait, there's two guys left. And they just can't be first, second, or third. Fez, go ahead. Hamlin and Truex. Uh, Martin Truex finished fifth. Oh, so call. yeah, Kyle Larson beat him. Uh, Denny Hamlin finished second though. Oh, thanks, Fez. Thanks for not batting that for me. And uh, Kyle and Chase Bush, Elliott maybe for getting suspended. <laughs> Kyle Busch beat Denny Hamlin in overtime. It's funny now that I'm winning so much with Fez. He likes the info, but he doesn't seem to get the bets down as quick. Hey, well, it's kind of weird. You, you, you cannot fault me on this. I, 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 I there was a two hundred dollar limit know, at Westgate, I and I hauled my ass well, over you were going to the anyway property. To load up, you said you didn't go just for that. Yeah, but I appreciate it. But I may have blown it off otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> well, see, you probably won money betting there. I actually did. See, so <laughs> it worked out. All right. Actually, by the way, I'm going to have a. Uh, I think we all got some, or at least a couple of us got something on the NBA. Game three finals. Yes, I certainly do. All right, we had a nice winner last week on the on the. Um, I guess we. I gave the third quarter out in game one, if I remember. I was the only pick, but then on straight out of Vegas when Wally wasn't there, I said. Let's. It was actually Scott came up with the idea. Hey, I think one of these parlays, these same game parlays, is going to work. We hashed it out over like fifteen minutes. Came up with one that was about even money. Then we had the other one that was paying what, like seven or eight to one. The with the straight up without the alternates. Yeah, but plus we were going to go on laying the points. Three thirty. Yes. Plus oh yeah, it was plus three thirty. Was the one that we were doing. And both the, of the them. One that, yeah, plus three thirty was just without the alternate lines. But Scott wanted to slam in the third quarter to turn it. I wanted to one. that's that that was the one that was seven to one. Was, okay. And then you were like, all right, you're getting a little. Well, I can see the correlation, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, so you're, you're like, you're getting a little ridiculous here now. <laughs> But they all won. Yes. Everyone won. So Yeah, so when Denver wins, Jokic goes under. Mm-hmm. And when Miami loses, then uh, Jimmy Buckets goes under, I believe, was yes. the logic. And it was uh, McKenzie that at least internally first came up with that correlation. And we looked at it, and it looked like it made sense. And we actually have a second bet. We're gonna, we got a good bit in the NBA. First, though, we got Fez's pick and I, that we just went over. And, and I'm drawing out a blue marble. Oh, there we go. Okay. All right. I want a blue marble. What's a blue marble? Well, over a 17-game season, the average NFL team should be lined at eight and a half, right? Because if teams will win half the games, not so. A little bit less because chance of ties, only a 10-minute overtime period, really should be more like 8.44. All right, so let's think about that. So how many wins can you expect from the average team? Well, how would you ascertain that? You would take all the wins in the league, divide by the number of teams. 
Now, why isn't it eight and a half? Because that would be the mathematics if every game had a resolution, all right? Well, some games don't. One in, what's the over-under usually? One and a half for tied games? Yeah. All right, so let's assume that I personally probably am going to make one of my bigger bets on the year on one of those sides. If you're a long-time listener, you know. If not, you're going to have to wait for me to make it official. But if we assume one and a half, you're saying now 8.44 would be the split out of it's a little less than 8.5 because there are ties that aren't wins, right? Yes. I'm not sure if I assumed exactly one and a half, but it's close. Okay. Yeah. So now 8.44. So what is the red versus blue in this case? Because the odds makers have the average currently at 8.56. And this makes sense because there's a bias. Public likes to bet on overs. The odds makers know this. And frankly, the public's already betting. So they 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 get overly ambitious and happy about their team. 8.56. 8.56. So the difference between blue and red, if you will, is that the number should be 8.44 and it's actually 8.56. That sounds trivial, that 0.12 difference. But that's actually like 12 extra cents of VIG in your favor if you're playing unders versus overs. Now, that's going to be for all teams. Now, any given—here's the thing I don't agree with with this. It's the same reason for years you said you don't like to play any futures, but then we showed you maybe you were wrong about that. Mm -hmm. If you shop for this, do you believe every market, every pool—not every market, but every individual pool at each individual book is all going to be biased in the same way? No, but currently they are, because I put in the Westgate and the DraftKings numbers and the Circa numbers, and all three of them spat out 8 But you're only betting one team at a time. Yes. So if you, there might be one team that got hit by some guy in a Absolutely. So yeah. I'm only telling the aggregate. If you're so playing the market price, this is applicable. If you're able to come off the market through shopping, then it's not necessary. Ex exactly right. So in this in this case, I'm maybe I haven't done all my work yet, so I'm going to go. I'm going blue. I'm going with the positive expectation teams and further. Which is going to be unders unders all right real and, quick i have one quick question here um let's talk about the idea of being off at an individual book so right now the, let's say the market is actually on the jags is 10 flat mm -hmm. you're saying if you had to force blind bet that there's about 12 cent edge betting under you would expect if that's the market price but if there was i'd actually say like the way i'd say it would be there's a two cent edge going under and a 22 cent disadvantage right. going net, over net okay. net yeah you, right. you you spoke it correct i'm just trying to yeah all right, so now, if the one of these outs had a uh, nine and a half over thirty, mm. which is effectively uh, ten under twenty, right? Because it's about fifty cents in between half games. I know I've always used that. I'm revising my estimate downward. Okay, so you're saying now that each half game is worth less than you had thought is what you're now suspecting. Why do you suspect that? Because if I look at the results, if you had done nothing but bet alternative totals, where you get one one win the worst of it, playing both overs and unders, you actually have It was been, exactly one win in these cases? The alternative totals are always one, yes. Well, one. that's not true. I mean, DraftKings right now has like five or six. Right, but, they, but in this study, they used the one win. All right, so they're saying if you just assumed and played— Now, were you playing blind at this point? Play blind overs and blind unders. Okay, so now that would—in theory, that would tell you the intrinsic hold— for the pricing that they gave. Exactly. And you actually turn a profit okay. in so, aggregate, playing so, the, all the alternatives, overs or unders. So there's been enough variance mm -hmm. that getting that, that jumbo payout, that plus 190 on these alternative payouts, has made you money. Now, I've seen something similar to that, but what it was about wasn't a mis... It was a mispricing. Now, let's think about this. What If we know what the distribution of results is going to be, then you price accordingly. So really, the question becomes: Are we right about the distribution, or is there, or is, or 
are we wrong about that? That's option one. Or maybe we're right about it, but somehow we're mispricing the right, the correct distribution. I think that there's a, something analogous, which is half points in sports, in normal games, where you've talked often about how if you can buy a bunch of half points, each one becomes worth a different amount. So do you want to explain that? Yes. Yeah, so it's a great example. So if you start out an NBA game, right, mm-hmm. and you got a seven-point favorite, okay. and now you buy a half point, you get to minus six and a half. All right, so that's costing you a dime. It's probably minus, not worth a dime. Not, probably not worth the minus 120. But then let's just keep going. Let's I, buy I only say probably because seven is amongst the numbers that are worth more. But y- y- yes. For NBA. Yes. But then I go to minus six, minus 130. And so are I, we going up or down? I thought you went to seven and a half. I'm buying points to half points. So I'm All going right. down. All right. I'm going go down with the ferret. And then we go to minus five and a half, lay 40. And then we go to minus five, lay 150. And guess what? Each progressive half point that I'm only being charged 10 cents for, I'm starting to get bargains on. All right. So the value of those half points increase. Yes. Why? It's because the difference between when we, where we start, remember, we started laying minus 110, and then we lay 120. That's a big difference between laying 110 and 120. Oh, so this is the same reason there's a break point in baseball. As you get up to 160, 170, people don't give you a dime line. Right, but by the time I get to minus 150, i got to be right 60% of the time, right? And then I, I go to minus 160. It's not that much of a difference in terms of minus 150 versus minus 160. So once I start buying points, I want to half points. I want to keep buying them as long as I can keep buying them for 10 cents. And eventually it becomes a bargain. So if you look at the, the a, a 10 cent dime line in baseball, minus 110 plus 100, or you look at it minus 170 plus 160, I think it's about half as uh, the actual intrinsic hold is about half. Yes. Okay. And that's why they, the book, the, the dastardly cockroach bookie doesn't want to well, deal that with that. That seems fair. And, and you know, if I take they this, don't want to. And so if I take this to the ultimate extreme, I just keep buying half points all the way down to minus one late to 10 or minus a half, minus 220. Think about that. Minus 220 for a seven-point favorite. That's, woo doggy, that's a cheap money line. So what's the typical money line on that? It'd be much more like minus 280. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. so the chance, uh, so so that's a great, so that's an example. The distribution's understood. The pricing is off. Yes. Right? So there's two possibilities that were wrong when it came to that profitable alternative lines back to the win totals now. And you're suspecting it's the pricing Maybe it was the distribution, though. But but I know I always look at at Circa's and, and other books when they when they offer game in each direction, mm-hmm. and they always move it like a hundred cents. Which mm-hmm. think about it. so fifty cents mm-hmm. is a half game, then a hundred cents should be a little bit more. But a hundred cents for a full game should be right if if our intrinsic assumption of half a game is worth fifty cents is correct. And that's why I'm saying I think fifty cents is too high. Okay, now let's think about this a second though. Is when you bet the so we're talking about two half games here. If we're talking about a study that had a one game variance, so if the over under was eight, they're looking at the payout on seven and the payout on nine. Yes, right? is the second half game worth the same amount, less or more than the first half game? It, it's certainly worth more in terms of cents. Now, why would that be? Be it, 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 it's the idea. If I start out with a fifty percent bet and each progressive half point gets well, half game in this half case. game makes it like eventually it become impossible to lose. Like if I can buy enough half points, then I'm going to win hundred percent of the time. If I, if a team's lined at, at eight and a half and I can buy 17 half points, I win because then, then I'm all the way to zero. Okay. But that's showing you. So what you're saying is being one half game away and, uh, or one half game or two half games, which is a game. You're saying that the, the difference in what's remaining 
almost being zero, which it's not. The theory, let's say a game is, uh, a team is seven and a half. So now yes. there's no ties. Yes. Right? In this, so now the theory is that 50% of the results are expected to be over seven and a half, 50% are supposed to be under seven and a half. Yes. Let's say you're betting under, so we're doing alternative totals, let's say, um, going upwards. So let's say we want to move it to eight and then to eight and a half. All right. right. So your under gets better. All right. So at seven and a half, the odds of going over or under are 50 50. So let's go all the way to eight and a half, be cleaner. Yeah. So yeah. the chance yeah. the chance of so two half, two half uh, games. So under eight and a half should win approximately um, if, if, two thirds of the time, right? Two thirds. Yeah, because I'm getting to minus. Now it's going to get priced. If I move it 100 cents, the under eight and a half is going to become minus 200, right? Okay. Yes. And plus 200. I'm going to go no vague here. All right. All right. So that's saying is one out of three, or two out of three is plus two hundred. Right. So that's so, so that's say, that, so that's saying that uh, I'm now I'm going to win sixty six point six percent. This of the is time. assuming this is this is kind of maybe circular logical because we're assuming that there's equilibrium in the market and th- this is being priced right at a hundred cents. That that, that that that's true. So this is implying that there's an eight point three percent chance that Atlanta. I'm sorry, a sixteen percent chance. Excuse me, that lands exactly on eight. And boy, that seems high, doesn't it? Doesn't that seem high that it, that that sixteen percent point sixteen point six percent of the time a team's going to land right on their integer? I th- agree with you. I'm not sure the combination of all this should be. That seems high, doesn't it? So here's what I think. <laughs> this is what I've done unfairly for you. We didn't plan on talking about yeah. this. So why don't we do this? Um, let's give it two weeks because mm-hmm. we got a lot of stuff going on here. Is in two weeks from now we'll actually have the numbers and break this down. Yes, but but your thought now is that it's a, your guess is it's worth or let's say your educated guess is it's worth less than the fifty you used to think a half game was worth. Yes, a little less than fifty cents. I think just under forty five okay. cents would be what my best estimate, back of the envelope estimate is. So right Scott, now. you want to eyeball like yep. one of these and, and and maybe look at the various a uh, couple of them and see uh, what DraftKings is doing. So we want to look at his Falcons. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so the one eight- game different. Let's look at the one game difference. I only have the two game difference. I don't have the one okay, game difference. Okay, that's fine. Do that. All right. If you want, I'll pull up Circa's one no, game no, no. difference. Let's just do it here. We got Because this is what we're using. Okay. Great. So the two game difference here, uh, the eight and a half is unders minus 130. Mm-hmm. Under six and a half now becomes plus 290. Okay. Under 10 and a half. Well, okay. okay. Minus 330. All right. Okay. So that's the two games in either direction right, of the so other. It looks like the same in both directions. Um, you want to so look at the over side? Yeah. Well, no, Fred, you got those numbers. Well, well the ten and a half is is clean because well, like like we just said, if we move one game, it's a hundred cents. Mm-hmm. If we move two games, they're right. making it two hundred cents. All right. Mm-hmm. So so they're, they're so doing, they're doing a linear. All right. So they're doing a hundred cents a, a game. Yes. So you're saying under your theory. You're saying that you would almost want to blind bet these because they're giving you two. Well, let's think about this. They're charging you 100 cents to move. They're moving 50 cents per half game, mm-hmm. and I think they should only move 44 cents. So they're encouraging me to play the long shot. Yes, the long because the I like is, the long shot. Yeah, the theory is they're pricing it and they're making it too expensive each half game. So you might as well take the benefit of their pricing by taking the the. If you're betting under, you want to go under a lower number that gives you a plus. Yes, you want. The jumbo. Okay. Okay. All right. Now let's bring this back around. There's another reason those ping pong balls might be different colors, and that's something to do with home and away. 
right? So why don't you finish that part, and then we'll be we'll move on to the next pick. Yeah. So each year we alternate AFC, NFC. One conference gets nine home games, other gets eight. This year the NFC only gets eight. So I want to target NFC teams to go under because think about it. Now, you can say, well, wait a minute, Fez, that's all built into the strength of schedule. Mm -hmm. Well, it's not, because the strength of schedule, every person that I've ever seen calculate just says, here's your 17 opponents, and they calculate their strength of schedule. But really, that extra road game is a disadvantage for the NFC teams. It's not reflected in the strength of schedule. Okay, but there's different ways to do strength of schedule, right? Now, the theory is one of them that people do now is that they look at win totals, right? Yes. So... This win, year's win totals, mm-hmm. yes. The win total, yes, not yeah, uh, prior results, but the bettable win totals that Vegas puts out. Okay, so now the win totals, in theory, is the sharpest sharps in the market, setting the price with their bets, and thus for a given team, it's going to account for them having an extra home game, in theory, right? Yes. That's why I actually think anything that's intrinsic to the schedule creates a flaw in using the win total. Let's just say for the sake of argument, when the Saints – had uh, one of the hurricanes come through recently, and they had to play a game. I get, it was against Green Bay, I remember, in Florida. Remember, like, in week one or two, a couple years ago? Yep. Okay. If we – let's say it was Katrina. Instead, it was years before that, and they were going to have to play – They played in um, San Antonio that year. They, some of the games they did. Yep. Um, they played four. I actually have gone through and found every non-home mm. field since 1999 by hand because mm. we're doing a pretty serious database work. So You got champagne in there? Um, no, once the, the the project is done, Mackenzie, is when I drink, not during. <laughs> no, Champagne's <laughs> Illinois. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Champagne? No, for what game? The Bears played there. I was a ball boy down there, yeah. But that was that before 99? No, Soldier Field was renovated maybe 2005, 2004. You were a ball boy for the Washington team? You were a ball boy for the Bears? The Broncos <laughs> played the Bears, yeah. Uh, okay, all right. No, okay. Um, was it a preseason game? Yes. Yeah, that's different. Yeah, yeah. Not How did I know that? How did I know that? <laughs> yeah, in the game in Canada that was on the 80-yard field, that, that's different. <laughs> to quote Spokey and the Bandit, that's just not germane to the situation. <laughs> well, but it's, for him, if his name's in it, it's germane always. Um, <laughs> the uh, Oh, do you know one of the, the, the Saints that year played one of their home games? MLF Stadium. MLFs, what's that? MetLife Stadium. Yes, Giant exactly. Stadium. Yeah. You knew that? Mm-hmm. All right, see? Yeah. Uh-huh, he's on it. Anything New York, he knows. It he knows. Right. All right. Um, so, Fez, one, I think, I guess I'm saying, let's say someone just added up all the, the a team's um, point spreads for the year. Mm-hmm. Right? Would that be, I guess that, if you, but see, that's circular too, because you'd have to know their strength of schedule in order to assess that. It seems like all these strength of schedules are flawed. The current version. Yes, yeah, none of them, because it's it's much more complex, you know, to do it completely 100% correct. Some people, like, they, 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 they take shortcuts. But I think that this is a bigger issue. The point I was going to make about the Saints is if we knew that the Saints had a Katrina type, that they had to be on the road the whole year, their win total would be adjusted downward. They'd say they have these oppressive factors that are making them win less games, correct? Yes. All right. So if you said that win total represents the truth of the Saints, and thus that's what we're going to use to say how good the teams are, the schedules of the teams they play are, one of the factors will be how good the Saints are, there's going to be a valuation of the Saints that is much different than the truth. Yes. Because there's external factors. I think there's significant external factors in, in every NFL team in a given year. Oh, I agree. Thus, you could hope they all even out, but 
ideal you'd go through and you'd actually look at the power rating of their 17 opponents and where the games were all being played but to then do it you properly. Try, but the theory is that they don't do power ratings is people trust the Vegas perspective more than they do any power rating, but there's no clean Vegas perspective on wh- how good a team is. Yes. You could even say when you have the imputed Vegas lines or Vegas power ratings based upon minimizing by that power rating that's imputed, the, the they call it the mean square error of all the season-long spreads. But that, too, would—let's think about that a second. That is going to assume you're playing the teams you're playing, and thus it doesn't have a power rating adjustment in it either. Yes. Or, or I'm sorry, um, strength of schedule adjustment. Yeah. I'm going to have to think about it. But you're right. If you had a power rating that you really trusted, that would be the way to do it. So, so coming all the but, way yeah, back, yeah, yeah. To, to, to circle back to the blue— I just I, I feel that if I bet all the NFC teams under, I'm going to do better than betting all the AFC teams under because I don't think the market, although they might reflect slightly the fact the AFC has the more home games, it's not being reflected enough. By the way, I think this is true in college football when there's an unbalanced conference schedule mm-hmm, also. Mm-hmm. Like when the team plays nine conference games and four on the road, I always feel like that that's, that's true in college also, that they never weight that enough. Next week, AJ is going to be hitting us with some stuff on – the last season of some of these conferences being the way they are and yep. the way they've been, we're going to say goodbye to some big games, probably. Probably so. You're and, going to be. Win- is that why you're trying to get in touch with your feelings so much? Maybe so. Happy for being my friend. Was Thank you it? for being a friend. Okay, yeah, yeah. I tell you this about the Golden Girls. It had shockingly good writing. It's a great show. Yeah, I don't know about that, but if you listen and see the jokes, they're funny. The, what's crazy that I didn't know at the time but I found out later is you know Sophia is Estelle Getty uh, who is Dorothy's mom B. Arthur's mom of on course the show. of course yes B. Arthur older than Estelle Getty in real life I mean they're both dead now but B. Arthur was the, the, older than the person who played her mom on the mm-hmm. show we're all equal in the end though <laughs> they were also like in their 50s or yeah <laughs> Well, that's like when they have a guy, like a teenager who's like 18. No, like, but I even think like, but, but like when Beverly Hills 90210. Yeah. 90, yeah, Dylan first, was like 35. Well, but here's the thing. <laughs> like, like, like the mom of Brandon and Brenda was like 32. Yeah. I mean, yeah. No one wants real life. I don't know if you know that. No, but I feel like in well, the show sh- about old ladies, I feel, you feel like, like it's okay. But I feel no, like in the show, no. they weren't even that old. But just back then, like that age was much older than like that yeah. age is now. You know, like you ever see those well, pictures? That brings people- us back to Jervaderm Dr- and all the different yes. fillers. Yes. We ever but see they pic- were all retirees and widows. Like, so you, like the assumption yeah, was they were old ladies. 65 in the 80s is a lot different than 65 now. Yes. Now, here's what's crazy to end this. Is and I mean you might not believe this, but Frank Costanza was 29 in in Seinfeld. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> Look that up. You want a piece of me? <laughs> I'm gonna be in the pool house. That's, uh, yeah, Jerry Stiller, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, I still think the whole trying to keep him out of Boca is as good as it gets. <laughs> All right, and then he's talking to he, he's he's talking to Elaine, and he goes. <laughs> And then I wasn't born in this country. He goes, and when I found that out, I lost my interest in politics because I couldn't become president. Hmm. He goes, if you don't want me, I don't want you. <laughs> it's great. That's great. <laughs> he refused to take off his socks. You know what I saw on YouTube recently, like last night? So there's a famous, uh, you used to be a professional comedian, AJ. Is, nope. Well, you wanted to be. 
<laughs> like I like telling jokes. <laughs> you like laughing. Um, the comedy store is famous in L.A., right? Yep. Like uh, Letterman came out of there, Leno mm-hmm. came out of there, and there was a show on Showtime, I'm um, Dying Up Here, that yep. was a takeoff of that. I like that show. Okay. And there was a book about it, right? Okay. So apparently Seinfeld, uh, Pauly Shore's mom ran it. Yeah, Mitzi. Mit- Mitzi Shore. Yeah. yeah. You know a lot of shit about entertainment. You just were dreaming <laughs> of getting in entertainment, weren't you? Uh, yeah. <laughs> and so apparently I found out on, on YouTube, Mitzi hated Jerry Seinfeld. And Seinfeld hated Mitzi. And they had like a 30-year... like Rivalry. Well, I would say a feud. Oh. Even a feud. And apparently Jerry bought his house above the shores <laughs> on the hill just so he could drive by and look and know that his house was better. Wow. Because she said he wasn't funny. That's that's petty. I like that. Yeah. So there you go. I, did Pauly she think Shore. Pauly Shore was funny? Hey, if he wasn't, wasn't it more of an accomplishment? Hmm. Like, think about all the hating on the Kardashians. The saddest thing is someone has massive talent and no success. It's true. Right? Wouldn't you rather have no talent and success than... Yes. Okay. Who else could make Biodome? Come on. <laughs> Jerry true. Seinfeld is appearing at Caesars Palace this summer. All new shows. This weekend? All sure. new? You mean it's not taped? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, it's new material, I think, is what it means. That, that They don't explain it. They just say all new shows. <laughs> oh, that is what it implies. Yes. Yeah. I saw Seinfeld about five years ago on, uh, I guess it was New Year's Eve hmm. or, or the day before. It was good. He's fine. Yeah, I liked him. He's a technician. He really mm-hmm. understands writing a joke. All right. So we're going under. You know, we got it, Fez. We got it. We got it. I, I, here's what, I want a rules question here. A, a, All right, go ahead. So this is the, the Under pick. and who, by the way? Atlanta Falcons. Yeah, I might want to mention that again. This is the pick that I don't <laughs> want to. I, I also want this pick, but here's why I didn't have this pick today. Wait a minute. So you see why we had to do? What I'll, bu- I'll buck him later. What, what a question! But, but why I don't want to do the points bet, the action point style, because I think the Falcons could easily win four and a half games or okay. four, four or five games. First of all, you, if you bet this, you're doing the action points. You want to stop the bet. You don't want to book on right. For I don't want to book okay. on. That's, that's all. That's fine. I'm, so at some point, I've got a buck we'll on the last show. You, we can all submit our, hey, I don't want this bet between, because this is effectively now, Fez is betting me $100, and I've got to book the over. Okay. Okay? You're booking the over as of now, so is Scott, so is Mackenzie. You can come in at any point and say, I no longer want to book the over, Fez, I'm, I'm trading that ticket, and I'm taking this ticket, and now you got to fade one of his other picks. Okay. That's it. Here's my question. Mm-hmm. So Fez is doing under eight on Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Eight and a half, wasn't it? Eight and a half. Oh, is it? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you like it even less? Well, I mean, the sheet said eight, which... Oh, so, 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 so. So what do we have, what do we have right now at uh, DraftKings? Eight and a half under is minus 130. Yeah, so it doesn't matter what the sheet says. Okay. It's just whatever the pricing... So we should, so I'm we new to the game. That every, so, yep, okay. Yeah. No, no, that's a good point. So, so give us the pricing right now. Uh, I know we went over it a little yep. bit. Under eight and a half minus one thirty. The over plus one ten, and then alternate lines we went over under uh, six and a half. So if it goes mm-hmm. extreme, it's plus two ninety. Okay, so there's no one half point or one pointers. It goes jumps. It goes two. two. Yep, and then we okay. can go from six and a half to four and a half. If like AJ says, they win only four games, that's plus eight hundred. All right, here's the answer. And if anyone has a problem with it, I'll meet you out back. Oh, wait, no, we'll talk about it if you do. Okay, looking around here, let's talk about it. All right. <laughs> Violence isn't the answer, AJ. I don't know if you heard that or not. Um, so what DraftKings is doing, they've got a uh, every game 
on a half win. There's no like eight wins. There's no nine wins because they're adjusting the money line. They're fine with that, right? Okay. Uh, and we're fine with it. But then the first alternative spread or alternative win total is two games away. So using Atlanta, for example. Yep, we have the under eight and a half is minus one thirty, and that's the number that's closest to the market. That's the market number. Yep, or their market, their market number. Mm-hmm. Uh, under six and a half. So two whole games. Mm-hmm. All right. So would be plus two ninety. So here's what I think we should do: if it's anywhere in between there, which is going to be one game different, right? We split the difference in the difference between the market payout and wherever you missed, but you're in between. We're going to prorate. Yes. Prorate it. But it's going to be 50%. Every proration is going to be 50%. Yes. And if they go in the other direction, so the 10.5 would be the next number, under 10.5 is minus 330. Mm -hmm. So if they win— So remember, we're taking the no vig there. Yes. So So if they win 10— Mm-hmm. Then there'll be an adjustment made. Correct. So you have which to will be out. halfway between the eight and a half and the ten and a half. Number. Yes. All right. So here's what I want, Mackenzie. I want you to look at Atlanta, and I want you to give me the payoff if it's one game over, two games over. All right. No vig. One game under, two games under. What are the odds he gets this right? Sixty-five percent. All right. Eighty-five. I trust okay. his math. All right. So how about this? Eighty-five. So that's what. Let's think about fifteen. Six to one. All right. So you give me plus five fifty. <laughs> I'm saying no. I'm saying he will. You're he saying will, he, he's he going to give us four right. numbers and one will be incorrect. Oh, he's got to go four for four. Yes. Yeah. He's got to really go five for five because <laughs> he's got to get the starting number right as well. Oh, he's got to get the no vig there. Yeah. Yeah. That eighty five is high. You like my number? You like you like my sixty five? I like I, mean, I, I was good at he's that. Favored to get it right. I don't know. Because here's the mm. thing, he's a smart guy, he is, but he's got dyslexia. Mm. And you would think, and, he, and I think he randomizes it if he actually inverts it or not. Mackenzie, what do you think your odds are? 66%, somewhere in there. See, the notice he said 666, and no matter how you invert those, it's the same number. One thing is that he can he can eyeball it, and if he makes a Why are you if, laughing if, silently? If he makes if he makes, I, I tis, if he makes a I didn't clear, wanna, he was talking. If he makes a clear math error, he's going to look at it and say, "Wait a minute, they, these numbers obviously you would think that they've got to be fairly linear." So you would think that, right? You? So he's got a natural check on every one of it. If, if he just makes him one mistake on the five numbers, he'll catch it before he releases. I it. I tell you this, I think he's gone to at least fifty percent now because he's going to triple check it. Mm-hmm. If we didn't mention it and somehow telepathically made the bet, I was sitting pretty sweet at plus two hundred. How also the think- hell is Atlanta at eight and a half? Come on, Atlanta's a well below. I know they got a cupcake schedule. They're a well below average team. You're missing a key point here. There's a lot of optimism with that quarterback. And I mean, here's the thing: when a team makes a Atlanta's won more games. I would say the team that's won the most games over what they should have won in the last two years is Atlanta. Atlanta probably a fact. Think about it, Fez. I bet if you look at your power ratings versus stacked wins, Hmm. Atlanta was certainly they were almost a 500 team. I think they won eight games both years, right? Can you look that up? Mm -hmm. And. I'm telling you, Atlanta was a bottom quartile team a lot of Seven and ten last year. They were seven and ten last mm-hmm. year. And what were they the year before? Seven and ten. Okay. I mean, some people had Atlanta as one of the three or four worst teams two years ago, not this year as much. They were running over this most recent year. Sure. So to me, I if they wanted to tank, they would have been tanking. Like it's not like there's any reason to tank now when the what because they got two really elite offensive players in theory that are now entering their third year and second year. 
And they drafted. And they drafted B. John Robinson. Robinson. Yeah. yeah so I mean, this feels yeah. like the time they're going to try hard. I think this shows optimism with the with the quarterback. I, I think you nailed it. It's all about the quarterback. If the quarterback can play like an above average quarterback, I'm going to lose. Because if Atlanta had an average quarterback, wouldn't I mean eight and a half assumes a purely average team. They're better than an average team if all quarterbacks were equal, wouldn't you think? They ran the ball like really well last year, and their backup. I think they're an average. They covered team. their first six games last I year. I don't like Pitts. I, I don't. I mean, everyone talks about it like he's a great. You know, it's before, but he's in theory he takes gravity away and other players. Yeah, in theory, I never see him do anything. I mean, their backup is Taylor Heineke, who is a pretty good backup, serviceable. I mean, yeah, yeah. but it, but that means they're starting two and five. Well, well I'm just saying, or if, injury. If, if everything, if, yeah, if or you don't believe the rookie, or and yeah. he shows not well, he's not a rookie anymore, but he shows signs that he's not capable of being the starter. They have a perfectly capable backup. Now look, he actually went to excel. I mean, this was I've never was seen say, this detail before. Here's why, like McKenzie knows. Sixty-six percent, I'm telling you. <laughs> McKenzie knows that if you had actually, if one of us had bet you on this, he would have known to throw the game Ooh. because you. Yeah, it would have had to be a silent. I mean, you're right. You're right. All right. Now, does he have? Is Vigless? I have it? a concern. Yeah, I do too. But Vigless has a dash in it, doesn't it? Vigless isn't a word. How can? Here's my concern. All right. How can? <laughs> How can seven and a half be plus minus two twelve? Uh-huh. Nine and a half plus two oh six. Those those numbers are really close together. Two oh six and two twelve uh, are really old, close together. The old number lines. And, so and, and, so and, we're saying, hold on a second. Well, well hold on a second. Eighty six apart in both ways. What do you mean? He's saying eighty six apart in both ways, fast. If I only look at the minus two twelve mm-hmm. and the plus two oh six, okay. I would expect that the eight and a half has to be like minus one oh five, not plus one twenty. Oh, my God. You know something? I have a choice right now. We're back. We took a, a second, well, oh. 20 minutes. <laughs> I got to be honest with you. This could be, as a men, as a mentee, no, I'm the mentor, I guess, with McKenzie. Yeah. All right. As a mentor, I am so proud of McKenzie. After me, willing to lay five to one that he was wrong? As No, I wasn't. I was willing to take, take five, five to one. one. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, first off, <laughs> I would have collected that bet. Well before we got to this point, I would have accepted. No one would have thought. We went through, and this is the honest All truth. decisions are final. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, actually, I, I probably would have just done this. And again, I just let the board dictate. Ladies and gentlemen, please hold all tickets. The stewards have posted the inquiry sign. <laughs> all right. So literally, Fez is going, here's how this can't be right. Blah, blah, blah. I go, Fez. We're not recording. Just figure the math of it. So he starts figuring it. He gets one thing. I figure it. I get another. Mackenzie's just doing what, trying to do, like a stenographer trying to do what we're saying. Finally, I said, all right, print this out. Give me five minutes of silence. So I talk through it, and it says, all right, this, man, blah, blah, minus 120, blah, blah, blah. I go, okay, this is what I think it is. I go, the over, or if it's more points than you think, or games, I guess, it'd be minus... 206.25 and if it's less plus 212.5 I'm like oh, we got it I wish I was right my first thought but I was okay then Scott says you know something that's what Mackenzie had to start with 
So 20 minutes we were trying to figure it out. We got what we were sure was the answer, and it was his original number that no one thought had any chance of being right. Uh, where's your conquering hero music, like the Matador music? That's I feel like that's what McKenzie should get right. I mean, I was thinking of retiring right in the middle of the pod, so I didn't have to say that. I think I think that it, you know you know McKenzie's the MVP right now of this episode. And if we start now. But you know what's funny? He was real un- uh, ru- what would you call it? Unruly during it? Well, because he was mad you guys were questioning his madness. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It wasn't that. It was he was so sure he was wrong and he was sad. You think? Yes. I don't know. I Mackenzie, what was it? I was pretty sure I was wrong. I see here's <laughs> when what... Fez and you disagree. I've I've rarely been wrong. Oh, I, I do think that is that's part of it, is yeah. like but you're, we never had. You guys are just. You guys are always had, right. We never had the same numbers though. And that maybe the minute we had the same numbers <laughs> is when we agreed. That threw me into a loop. Both I, of you were off. I've never given this to Mackenzie. He deserves it, no doubt. Yes. But some would say, and I'm not saying me, but I would. I mean, some would say, not me, that it's sadder he had the right number, but gave up on it so quick. You've, this is a, uh, yeah, but son, like Pavlov's know. dog. Like you, you've just, I've tra- proven that I'm, you've trained right. him to believe that like, I'm right. RJ says I'm right. Oh, RJ's right. So maybe I'm wrong now. And this is all pomp and circumstance about nothing. <laughs> I don't know. We'll never know. I'm just glad he got it right. Here's the sad thing. We got to do this math on every one of these. <laughs> Fez, I think we reevaluate. Maybe we don't, maybe we don't do the game. I, I I you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to write a I'm going to write a macro in Excel to do this. I I think wait on the macro because I think DraftKings will come out with all these alternative numbers soon enough, and we can have them do but it. But shouldn't us. we look with the macro and see if there's any areas to exploit? Sure. Right? Because it seems to me we should be. I mean, like the under seems like a a blind play here just because it looks like mispricing. The under six and a half because you're getting that jumbo plus two ninety payout. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Uh. And somehow that is what you took advantage of, but didn't even know it. That's a blind squirrel finds an acorn. Oh, yes, yes, yes. yes. Mackenzie, do me a favor. I want to see on my pick, because I'm not too happy about this. Because I was trying to go all overs, but if DraftKings is screwing out the ass on the payout, well, you know, if they're making it public, it's fair. It's just, you know, so we're the 40% VIG win uh, future pools, I guess. It followed state law or whatever. Well, I'm, well, let's segue to my pick now. Make it simple. I'm going, still go. Well, well, first off, I'm not sure. Let's look. I, my my tentative pick is over ramps. It was on the yellow notepad. And I have good, be, I have uh, good news. <laughs> yes, eyeballing it. The the bias that they had for whatever reason, the Falcons does not exist with the Rams. It looks to be a pretty unbiased number. And and when I say that, if it goes two games over because or under, the minus one ten is the same. It looks like it maybe could be off in different places because it looked like they got it inverted when they had the minus one thirty on the under. Possibly so, but right now, yeah, for now, right now you're getting plus three hundred if it's off by two games on the over, mm-hmm. and you're actually getting a little. You, if you would have gone under, you get a little less than that. Two games in the other direction where it's only two eighty. So the over is certainly not getting shortchanged. If anything, you're getting a nice value. Okay, and the reason I think that maybe the under should be more crunched in is there's not as much range down below, right? Yeah. So yeah. you know what this is analogous to in college football. When a win total, let's say they play 12 games, Boise State used to, I think, and then the over-under would be 11 and a half, right? Well, it was like a one, sometimes that, if I could go to 10 and a half, you almost had a sure winner. 
Yeah. Right. So how much was that half? George Georgia's eleven and a half. Right yeah, now. Georgia's eleven point four right now. Okay, that's a good example. So how much? If you assume you went to twelve, what would you have to? What, what, you'd have to buy that for a monster amount of money. A zillion, because they, yeah. Well, because the theory is they're going to win. They can't go over twelve. Oh, I'm sorry. It's eleven and a half. So if you would buy to eleven. Yes. That would be a very expensive half game. That'd probably be like 130 cents. That's what I'm saying. So Maybe more. Yeah. Maybe more. So in a way, the Rams being so depressed, it means that they would crunch up the distribution curve. Yeah. Okay. So what we're saying is my over Rams looks like a good bet. Yes. Because here's the thing, and we should all talk strategy in this, yes? I'm so confused about your opinions of the of the Rams. Why? I mean, a couple of weeks ago, you were shitting on Scott and I for having them in the in the pool where they might make the playoffs mm-hmm. versus not be a bottom three team. Well, let's think about this. What do you think? How many wins do you think a bottom three team is going to have? Let's four. look at the uh, yeah four four, four maybe yeah, five. The, the two worst records in the NFL last year were three. The Bears won three, and and Lovey Smith won three. All right, so let's say four then. Yeah. All right, so what I, I'm laying two and a half more games. Than being likely in the bottom three. Yeah. Now two and a half on top is nine wins, right? Nine and eight yep. would be two and a half on top. You're certainly more likely to be in the bottom three with four wins than you are to make the playoffs with nine wins. Nine and eight likely not going to make the playoffs. So statistically, based on this number, you have a much better or a significantly better chance to be in the top three picks, one of the three worst records, than being in the playoffs. Well, since you had a choice to go either direction, you picked the less likely thing. But but AJ could argue that his payouts, given the, the playoffs, there's more points to be had. Even though it's unlikely, well, that, would go, that would totally go against them spending like half their picks on going yeah. with the, the, the worst team. So maybe, but I mean, does anyone believe? Like, what are the odds that they're actually going to be anything but the last wild card team? Well, that's interesting. So if I told you, give no bet, mm-hmm. no bet if they don't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Where would you set their over under on playoff seed? Of the, one to seven. It's only if they make the playoffs. Well, since there seems to be disparate like motivations even for those wild card spots, I almost think any of the wild card spot, I, I would skew a little to the seventh seed, I guess. But I think seven, six, and five is almost the same. Five point seven five is what came to my mind. Yeah. Would you you like that? It's like six six I'm gonna go um I would I would go ahead and bet under six, mm-hmm. but I would bet over five and a half. So you're saying there's like a uh, there's a better chance of seven. I mean, if the way to think of it is is seven or five the better chance. You're saying seven is the better chance, but not by double. Let's say by uh, se- I guess I was thinking one through five is more likely than seven. Okay, yeah, you I gave agree me all with that. five I of those numbers. Um, what were you gonna say? Four teams made the playoffs last year with nine wins. One one made the playoffs with eight wins. So where was this at? In the NFL last year. No, but in the in the. Who who not, there wasn't four teams that were nine and eight or worse. Seahawks they didn't win their division. Seahawks nine and eight. Okay. Tampa eight and nine. Well, they won their division. Okay. So that's different. Um, Giants. Giants nine seven and one. Oh, oh cool. that's, uh, that's, that's all right. All right. Uh, Jacksonville nine and eight did win their division. Yeah, but Miami okay. nine and, and eight. Miami nine and eight. Wow. All right, then maybe my miscalculation. Maybe my cal- boy with nine wins wouldn't guarantee you. <laughs> how, but that's how, very how many nine win teams didn't make the playoffs? Steelers and Lions. Yep. So you got nine losers also. But in a typical year, nine win teams even. I would the, I would say a nine win team is favored to miss the playoffs. And, and I would say that was the case even when there was only seventeen or sixteen games. But I wonder with with seven playoff spots now. Yeah, it's going to get one more. Okay, so I guess in theory, uh, well, 
I guess here's the question, too. Is it normally distributed, meaning I think the Rams, there's a real chance of tanking at some point. I agree with you. Right? So... Um, but I also believe that if Matt Stafford plays a full healthy season, who knows? But if that's a good point too. Yeah, they, they, you know maybe it's not as bad as I thought thinking about it. Because uh, I think, but again, last year was such an aberration with nine. But again, the NFC is going to be bad. So yep. maybe, maybe. So you guys should feel even better about that. What do you think, Fez? The, I think this is great that you're bringing up like the variance associated with, and maybe a team like the Rams is it's dangerous that they could really have a bad year. They but, could, but let's say there's not much. I mean, here's the thing that makes me think they won't mm-hmm. is because McVay didn't have to come back. That's a good point. I mean, he came back for a reason, and it, it's not they're going to win a lot this year. I think it's just he's not going to tank, and they're probably going to start. Two and two, you know, it's like they're going to get worse as the year goes on, but they're probably going to bank enough wins that it's a complete disaster. It's so unlikely. I, I can't see them winning five games only. Yeah. I mean, this 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 feels like a, anywhere from seven, eight, or nine. I think it's possible. I think I, I, the question is: Does McVeigh, if you say after them picks, do you tank? That it's almost like cycle, or publicly, that's going to be hard for them to tank, mm-hmm. or it's going to make it seem like they were full shit before. I don't know. I don't know. Also, and you're right, going back to uh, 2021, the first 17-game season, two and four teams that made that had nine wins going to the playoffs versus not. But how many with the division with the division wins? Uh, two wild cards. Okay. That's even more than I would have thought. How, just check the year before. I'm just interested. There was only 16 games in. I, I want to see even that. Okay. Because um, in theory, nine wins was more meaningful back then. Yes. There were... Yeah. No, oh, Bears made it eight and eight. Um, so it's that seventh playoff, and that's it. That's it. Yeah, so that's intro. With sixteen, you have one, and you have four. With seventeen, the next, this yeah. most recent counting again the the division winners. All right, yeah. I'm just trying to go against Fez's belief that you can't go over because to me yeah. that is so reductive. It's so reductive. It's like that's not fair using words in debate that I don't know what they mean. I mean, it's like telling a poor a kid from a poor neighborhood she can't be president. I mean, Hillary grew up in, in Arkansas. wasn't rich. She almost became president. I mean, those balloons didn't get released. But hey, you <laughs> know, you, you know, it's it's like poker. You can't call a raise with King Jack, right? You can, but you can. Do you ever read The Gambler by Dostoevsky? Parts of it. It's like an eighty-page book. It's a I novella. Know it's slow. It's I'm a novella. <laughs> All right, here's my here's the great part of that book. The last three pages. He he has gone broke. He has no money. It's a first person stream of consciousness book. Okay. Now Dostoevsky in real life was a gambling addict. He was an addict. He wrote Crime and Punishment for that's the famous book of his. Notes from the Underground is a great book. Okay. The brothers, and I have trouble with this. Karasmov. Is that right, Mackenzie? Correct. All right. Mr. Yale knows. I bet he spent a lot of time jerking off to the brothers Karamov, right? I was more of a Lolita fan when it came to that particular No, activity. no. I think you were probably more of a uh, James Joyce fan with your masturbatory fantasies, oh, right? Oh, yeah. The Dubliners is quite a quite nah, a, some intricate. <laughs> I think it would have been Finnegan's Wake. That's just, that's just dark. <laughs> All right. You like Finnegan's Wake, don't you, AJ? I've never heard of it in my life. I was just looking up where Hillary Clinton grew up at. Where'd she grow up? Uh, Chicago area. It wasn't Arkansas? Skokie. No. Then why'd she go to Arkansas? 
I've got no idea. I'm guessing for, I thought for she, politics. Wait a minute. I don't think that's true. I never heard you claim Hillary McKenzie. Oh, yeah, she's from, a known Chicago in her suburban. Park Ridge. Park Ridge, yep. Is that a fa- is that fancy suburb? How old was she when she I mean she went to high school in Chicago? How is it that I've never heard that? And she was acting like she was all down home from Arkansas. I know hmm. she met uh Bill at Yale Law School and they went back and he became governor at like age twenty nine or something. I'm guessing that's why she went back. Yeah, but she Arkansas. always would talk about it like she had grown up there. That's how you get the uh the hillbilly votes. Wow. I would like, say Skokie is comparable to Henderson. You don't like older women, uh huh, and you don't like people who live in the country. No, I'm okay with people who live in the country. Well, you said hillbilly. I was speaking specifically about Arkansas. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think it's a good comp, Fez. <laughs> what is it now? Go ahead, Fez. Skokie is to Henderson as Vegas is to Chicago. It's like an up. It's not an upper. It's not upper class. It's a middle upper class neighborhood. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, you know, there's a guy I knew. He actually was the D, D, I won't say the name. He was the D coordinator for LSU for a number of years. So this guy kind of rose up in the ranks of college football. Uh, but he was, in, uh, I guess someone could reverse engineer. It doesn't matter. It was the, uh, he was at Houston. It was the DC there when mm-hmm. Demo was there. Nice guy. Loved, lo- Pivado's his name, I'll just say. Pivado, P as we called him. Nice guy. He was, he, it was interesting. He looked, when he was like 30, <laughs> when he was like 35, when I knew him, he looked like he was 50. And uh, Wolford was with us. And Wolford now is the D or the O line coach for Alabama, but he was the coach at Youngstown State, the head coach for some years. Then he went to the NFL, was with San Francisco for two years under both those coaches, Chip Kelly and then the other guy that was one year that came right after him, I forget, uh, Tom Sula. Yeah. Yeah. So then he went to uh, with Mark at Kentucky, and then he was at South Mark Carolina. Stoops. Yeah, he was at South Carolina, and then he went to Alabama. Now he's the third highest O line coach paid in the country. It was nine hundred thousand for O line. Things coach. are working out. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, Wolford is the biggest ball buster you've ever met. I mean, he made all Big Twelve, and as a tackle his senior year, and um, he. He weighed like like now he's taking the weight off. You know he's like normal sized. He weighs like two thirty. So he was like juiced up. I don't want to say juice, but juiced up to like three ten. Jacked up. Yeah, jacked up. And he made all conference. Actually had a tryout with Cardinals in the pros, but he was he was just tenacious. He's from Youngstown, right? So the stu- he knows the Stoops is real well from growing up there. He is the biggest ball buster ever. Like he's the one guy. That intimidates me a little physically because he's willing. Like, you intimidate me physically, but come on. I mean, we're not friends like back in high school that you might jack a guy against the right. wall. You know, it was a time when the We're phys- grown-ups and yeah. you're my boss, yeah, so the likelihood that. of me yeah, assaulting yeah. you is low. And plus, you know that I'd just get a hit. So, I mean, it's a, <laughs> but Wolford doesn't care. He could know I'd get a hit. He'd still do it. So, when I first time I ever was with him with Mary— we were in an elevator, and I was real timid. He was, like, busting balls. I was, she goes, I've never seen you act like that. I go, I'm afraid of him. <laughs> and it's like, what do you mean? I go, he'll, he was drunk. I go, he'll bite your nose off and apologize the next day. But what are you doing? You got no nose. I mean, <laughs> like, he's that crazy. Oh, he was, at least. So yeah. say like that. So he's busting balls on Pivado really bad, just nonstop, like trying to drive the guy insane. Because he'll get on one guy and just go for weeks and just not let up. And he kept so Pivado's wife was pregnant with her first kid. He goes, um, 
He goes, what's going to happen when that kid thinks you're his grandfather? <laughs> he's going to come out. He's going to go, where's daddy? And he just was on him about looking because he was bald. Yeah. That's the kind of guy he was. He loved Peef. But that, that's, that's, the the friend, kind of that's the friendly ball busting. It's not friendly, though. Okay. It's like Darwinian. It's like there's got to be an alpha dog in the room. And if someone will bite my nose off, it's him. Was he from Arkansas? No, from Youngstown. Oh. Yeah. But here's the story. That was all to lead up to the Peter okay. story. At the time, they were offering him the D.C. job at Cincinnati. All right? He goes, I don't know about taking that. He goes, I don't, he goes, I don't like it up north. I've been up north once, he said. I once co- he goes, I coached one year in Arkansas. I don't like it up north. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're from Texas. Arkansas is up north. Ar- Ar- is that true or not? Yeah, it is true. See, that brought it all home. You're Yankee. Let's put this on the real. When we do that air check tape. Okay. <laughs> Right or wrong, I think it would. I just, you know, cut out a little bit, maybe. Not the nose biting, though. Keep that. That was good, wasn't it? That was good. All right, Fez, you take it from here. What do we got? I'm taking a rest. So you're going full circle. Oh, back to the pick. You're on the Rams. The Rams. I think it's McVay's telling it. Can you imagine him turning down 15 million? Or whatever he would have got, probably 15 or something, to to announce Mm -hmm. Thursday night. You think he's turned that down to, to not have a plan to get this thing back? Hey, it's R.J. Bell for Rocket Money. Listen, you know, there's no locks. You know that for sure. But almost a lock is each and every one of you has things you're paying for each and every month that you don't use or aren't worth how much you're paying for them. There's a better alternative. And we have Scott Seidenberg with us to tell about one of his discoveries with Rocket Money. Yeah, it discovered that I was still paying for an old editing software that I hadn't used in months. Let's be honest, it was years. And listen, be honest with yourself. Think of the things you've bought. Think about the times you've had a free trial and all of a sudden it auto-billed in and it's been auto-billing. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash RJ. That's rocketmoney.com slash RJ, rocketmoney.com slash RJ. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is RJ Bell, and I got to tell you, this is one I feel very seriously about. You know, I'm of an interesting age in that I can remember before computers were prominent, before the internet. And I remember my whole career has been built with the internet. I've seen the age and time when if you had issues, when you had something you wanted to talk to a professional about, there was apprehension. And one of the things that I think we've evolved as a society in such a wonderful way is we all understand help is a good thing. And that's where better help comes in. All of your interactions with your therapist, entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com RJ to get 10% off your first month. Do it today. That's BetterHelp.com RJ. Wouldn't make sense. John Madden quit after like nine years. No one ever said, oh, you didn't coach enough. You get that Super Bowl, it's your ticket. All you need is yeah. the Super Bowl. Yeah, you got the ticket to get out. Look at Gruden. I know. <laughs> maybe the wife, maybe the wife was just okay with him staying. 
But that would presuppose he wanted to stay, yeah. right? Yeah. The wife maybe could say, no, don't. But I, I think he wants to stay because he wants – I mean, from I, I've changed my opinion of him. I thought he was all glam. You know, he, 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 I thought he kind of lifted from I me. Mean, why wouldn't you lift, right? The Shanahan's, uh, you know, did great job innovating this offense with the one dude. Who's the dude they always say the other one's Shanahan? Uh, Alex Gibbs came up with no, the no, Gary no, no. Kubiak blocking Kubiak. scheme. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking about Kubiak. Yeah, maybe, right? But no one knows that. Yeah, no, Kubiak no. was the right-hand man forever in Denver. But they call it, apparently Kubiak, look at him, see, you can tell this is a conversation in the family reunions, is Kubiak gets name-checked because he did an, a, an offshoot of it that a lot of people picked up, right? I mean, not that he was the right-hand man. He was an innovator as part of it. But let's give the Shanahan's credit. Well, obviously, it felt like to me McVay came along with the smile and the, you know, the olive oil voice and the guinea charm. Oh, wait, that's the godfather. But, <laughs> but the reality <laughs> is... That was Johnny Fontaine. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. The reality is the more I see, <laughs> the more I see, the more I think McVay's a good coach. Like, better than I thought. Uh, and I also think, why is he staying now? I thought he was running away. Because, like, to me, what Brady did is for, I'm, it's BS to compare Brady to Belichick. Belichick stayed in the same place, picked up the embers from what they burnt down to win one or two more titles. And then Brady says, all right, which team is really good that doesn't have a quarterback? Right. I'm going to go there. And, and, and Belichick says, well, this is an off year because we had so many salary cap. But it's like, hey, Brady was smart, but let's be honest. It's easy to pick the best team without a quarterback. Now, to win it is a next level thing. But if they would have gotten beat by Green Bay or the Saints that first year, which they easily could mm -hmm. have when the tight end fumbled, I think the whole Brady story would be very mm -hmm. different. Yeah. Now, the six other ones wouldn't be. All right. I just like Belichick. But it's a true point, right? Yeah, no doubt. Belichick had went to the Chargers the next year. That's <laughs> a good example. Right? I yeah. mean, that would have been the same thing. They might have won one. Well, I don't know, with Herbs. Uh, yeah, I think Belichick could probably get enough out of him. Hey, did he hear about what we were talking about, Herbs? Oh, no. Okay. Mm -hmm. You might want to listen back to one of your old Wally Pip shows. Right. <laughs> Quarterback draft in two weeks. Uh, two weeks. That's true. That's true. <laughs> He's going to have to trade up for the first pick. <laughs> so my thinking is that we're getting a cue from McVay. It also, Fez, brings up the point that there's only so far to go down. I mean, do we really think they're going to have four and a half, like win four games? That D might be really bad. Why would it be bad? They've lost eight starters. Eight starters from when? From last year. Last year wasn't any good. Yeah. So it's not a bad thing to lose starters from a bad team. <laughs> I don't uh, know. Well, let's think. Do they do they have the best defender in the all of the NFL? Yes, if he's motivated. Well, I listen. Let's be candid. This is a guy that played a lot of games under a lot of coaches, and when they weren't Super Bowl contenders, how'd he do? He was the best player in the league. Yeah, on defense. Listen, I don't make obvious picks. Like you do, right? I like. I'll tell you right now what my, I can't tell you my pick yeah. next week, I'll, is going to be the shocker of shockers. Ooh. In fact, I'll just give it now, just to, for you to deal with it. I'm probably going under Steelers. <gasps> mm hmm. I thought you were going all overs. You know, Tomlin. Yeah, I don't sure. think. I don't think he's ever had a losing year. Exactly. And here's the thing. Well, I won't even give the handicap, but that's where my head's at right now. Mm. I don't want to do what's like. There's no art in it for you. You're all. You're. You got the green eye shade. You're like, if you eat that ice cream sundae, you you take two weeks off your life. I just figured it out. Right or wrong? Mm, not if you have like the what do they call it? 
Is it sherbet? What's the one that doesn't have the calories in it? Froyo? No, yogurt? not ice yogurt? cream. It's like it's yeah, yogurt ice cream. I guess. Yeah, um, whatever. Whatever. So you, how much would that be? How many? How much life does each cigarette take from you? I don't know, but I did just look at life expectancy, uh-huh. and in Hawaii, this is shocking to me. Guess what the difference in life expectancy is? If born in Hawaii versus born in Alabama. But that could be genetic and could be. environment. Could be. I bet it's a lot longer. It's nine years. It's unbelievable. Nine years longer? 81 versus 72. I was shocked. There's I knew like there would be a difference. And sharks there. <laughs> I mean, my yeah. God. I mean, I would have said three years, not nine so you just sift through the actuarial tables? Yeah. <laughs> that the southeast is not is not the place to live if you want a long and happy well, a long life. You might be happy eating the crawfish, but you're not gonna have a long life. Well, crawfish aren't. I'd rather problem. be dead right now than think like that. I mean you gotta enjoy yourself sometime. Was that Ben Stiller, the the heart uh, no, uh the along came Polly? Where he has all the calculations of what he's he's an insurance oh, guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's like, you know, you're more likely to get step on a, a subway grate and go through. You know, I'll get back to you like Madagascar life yeah. expectancy in other countries next next show. Yeah. <laughs> Philip Seymour Hoffman though is so good in great. Okay, Polly. He's great. Now, remember you saw the um the poker movie that was uh with the guy on the motorcycle. What was, I'm having a uh, lucky you. Oh yes. All right. And and I thought or I think it's one of the great un appreciated movies when it comes to Vegas. I agree. Yeah. And um, Robert Duvall plays a great character, the dad. I'm weak, but I'm not that weak. I can beat Jack 4. So, <laughs> and he flips over Jack 6, yeah. And, and the, guy, the guy was Eric Banya. I guess he was the yeah, hawk. How do you say it? Bana. Okay. Well, that's weird. Um, oh, I'm thinking of Kenny Banya from The Simpsons or from Seinfeld, <laughs> right? Remember Kenny, the guy with the shoes and he, he got the mm-hmm. soup? Oh, I didn't, his last name's Banya? Yeah, yeah Banya. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. No, was, yeah, like, but Eric, Eric, Eric say- Banya is the actor, yes. Yeah. Yeah, Seinfeld, he knows everything. I don't understand how. Oh, like, he's he, like Simpson, like my kid with The Simpsons. That's him with Seinfeld. He knows him for every year of The Simpsons or just like the first 10 years? My son? Yeah. He knows all the 30 Simpsons. years? Yeah. He's watched every episode at least twice. <laughs> That's he's, pretty impressive. He's 11 years old. Maybe he should have an actual like, job. What's the difference between Rod and Todd Flanders? And he's like, I, I forget which is which, but he's like, one has tall hair, one has short hair, one wears red shoes, one wears blue shoes. Like, he knows all that. It's like, I like it. So I'm waiting until there's a trivia. I was about to say, take a brewery, trivia night. <laughs> and uh, I'm going to take him, and you get like a $300 gift card for for alcohol. I'm gonna, I'll give you 100 bucks. You win this trivia. Let's go. All right. <laughs> you got aspirations, baby. Now, if, if there's a Seinfeld one, the same deal works for you, Scott. <laughs> so the line I was going to mention in the movie was, so the, the Banya, Banyol character was a wild man with, with batting, right? As you know, bat, bat, bat. But emotionally, he didn't want to risk anything. Uh, you know, a parent or a child of divorce, right? Yeah. So at one point, Duvall goes, you play cards like you're supposed to live your life, and you live your life like you're supposed to play cards. Yeah. And the implication being you're supposed to be safe and measured with cards, but take some emotional risks. Yes. I didn't really figure that out when I saw the movie, but now it's all making sense. (laughs) Well, I... Like to just reverse that Mm -hmm. on its head. I like well, I like to be wild in every case, right? Because boy, otherwise it's boring. I've always taken following the rules to be you gotta follow the rules. Yeah, but you're you're too smart not to follow the rules of betting. You don't like suddenly go and say ah throw Kelly Criterion and we're just gonna bet 
25000 on Let this. me ask you a question. When you've got something that is a broad stroke bet that you try to give me that is not as, it's not as detailed, thought out, but you got either from Vito or you got some broad thing that this is going to win, you know, um, most of the time, this might be a bad spot for it, but it's still probably going to win. How how often do I bet those? You offer them to me often, but rarely. I never do. Yeah, you want to you want to be able you want to be able to verify it independently. I want to feel like, like there's some art to it because I'm not betting for my exclusive or even a majority of my money, right? If I were, I would be bottom line no matter what, right? Yeah. It's to me, it's fun and money's the way to keep score when it comes to my personal bets, mm-hmm. and that's why I enjoy the artistry of it. Speaking of, I got an NBA stuff coming up here. All right. I think we're good on the, So do you disagree? So your your inclination, forget the whole tenth of a win. Do you think the Rams, other than that, the handicap of it, what do you like? I'm indifferent. All right. I, you know, I haven't done all my work yet. It's right, too early. Fine, it's fine. just too early. But does the idea that McVeigh is giving that us a resonates. message? That resonates. That resonates completely, and it's just a question of how down does the defense, I'm sure, would like to be analyze who the hell is going to be starting for them. Next up, because it was his honored show now, again, I don't understand it, but it happened. McKenzie, what do you got? Let's go back to the Atlanta Falcons. Whoa, also, whoa, wait a minute. Wait a minute. You got the same thing as Fez? Yes, and we did a blind test. Were you talking Atlanta under before, though? I did not. All right. Okay, so give us your different rationale. You guys said it. It all comes down to the quarterback, and there is some weird optimism coming out of Atlanta that I just don't understand. Desmond Ritter came in from Mariota and was worse. We, we tracked 35 backup quarterbacks that came in. He was 18th. Skylar Thompson was better. Mike White was better. How he's about, just not showing any signs. That how about Trey Lance? Trey Lance, let's see here. He, Trey Lance was worse. Trey Lance was worse. Okay. But now, how old is Ritter? Because that's what's important. How young he you? He looks like 45. <laughs> like Peeve. All right. Um, so his, his analysis is you guys said it. Anything on top of that? NFC unders. I don't know if you guys know this. But. <laughs> All right. That was pretty you know, good. Atlanta does have an international game this year. Instead of a home game or instead of a road game? Instead of a home game, so it's eight and eight. Oh, awesome. No, well, I thought mean, I thought the NFC game, had less home games this year. Yeah, well it's it's so it they just only says, have seven true home games? No, they have eight they have eight home games, eight road games, and one international game. Okay, so it's yeah. not so it's instead the so international it's road games. instead yeah. of the road games. I think but the NFL but it says versus. It doesn't say at the NFL did an excellent job of when AFC plays NFC, they designated the AFC as the home team when it was overseas. So mm-hmm. they did do a good job with that. But that would be less of a disadvantage for those NFC teams. Yes. So really, effectively, it's an advantage for Atlanta over typical NFC teams, but not enough for you not to like the under. That's right. All right. All right. Next up, the Wally Pip of the show, A.J. Hoffman. I'll go Chicago Bears under seven and a half wins. And this team won Three games last year. So just to be clear, the under seven and a half is actually priced at plus one ten. So it's actually like more towards seven point eight. So you're getting even better value than under seven and a half flat. Yeah. So this is a this boils down to do do you think Justin Fields and getting DJ Moore? I, I think that helps. Uh, I think getting some help on the offensive line is nice. But do you think Justin Fields really turns a corner and turns into like? The, the next Lamar Jackson. Well, first of all, it doesn't have to be the next Lamar. If he becomes, where do you think 
he would be 1-32 to 32 that you feel very good about this bet. Meaning, if he's the 16th best quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. I don't I like f- your bet here at all. I feel great about my bet if he's the 16th best quarterback. Because mm-hmm. he was about the 16th best per QBR last year. But when you've got the 16th best quarterback and you've got the 32nd defense. But that's not what you have now. Why? They spend a lot. Of, they just spent a huge. They just took the Bills linebacker. I mean, it's okay. If, oh, it so matter. a middle linebacker is going to. so great. Well, it's only one player at a time is how you get better. Yeah, but you don't they, go from 32nd to, to average. Well, first off, well, all right, what odds would you give me the Bears will be in the top 16 in, in the Football Outsiders uh, defense? Three to one. Make it three and a half. No. So, so your first price is the only, so that means you offer me your very best price. I, I just know insane. that I just know that if I give you, you three and a half to one, it's a terrible price because you wouldn't offer it if it was a good price. But I, if I bet the plus three hundred, would that mean you hated your bet immediately? No. Then that, it's it doesn't make sense. Make it plus three twenty five. Okay. All right. I'll bet. I will make it some fun. I'll bet you a hundred to win three twenty five. Okay. The reason I like it is I, defense has a lot of randomness to it, like year to year. So it's like if, if the if the correlation isn't great and this team improved by some degree, let's say their their equilibrium is the twenty fourth best defense, they have a better than one in three point two five chance to be number sixteen. What you say, Fez? Sure, especially because they. Last time they, I checked, they still play in the frozen tundra that is Chicago. So oh, you might get point. some weather games that are going to make that defense shine, like the infamous San Francisco monsoon game that happened in September. Though, sadly, football outsiders adjust for teams that are playing ball in, in domes and they make it advantageous to the offense or they depress the offense a mm. little bit, which actually helps the defenses. So I guess that hurts me. But um, yeah, football outsiders. But OK, that's going to be more accurate. We'll do it. Who do you like? Who would you take in that bet? If you had to have plus, you either get lay three twenty five or plus three twenty five. Oh, I'll take I'll take the tail and the plus three twenty five. Sure. What about you, Scott? You have any feelings? It's a good price if you're not sure. Yeah. Mackenzie, I think it's pretty random. So plus three thirty on top sixteen, I'll take it. Three twenty five, but yes. Right. <laughs> the, the mere fact that Fields finished, the, the fact that Fields almost finished top sixteen in quarterbacks, mm-hmm. you know, shows just the inherent variance of uh, getting into the top half of the league is not yeah. a, it's not a ridiculous hurdle. Well, and if you look at at QBR, if you if you look at passing QBR, well, that's the thing. He's thirty at that of thirty first. Only Baker Mayfield was worse than him just throwing last mm-hmm. year. Running teams tend to catch up with a, you. Now that was great. He had a piece of information. He held it back to when it was contextually relevant. Mm-hmm. That's what you want to do with research, right there. You don't want to like read it like you're reading uh, like a like a uh, ransom letter. You know, like how you used to like go and, and, and I, it, I'm, that was good. You've trained me. It wasn't that good. It was like it was like it was planned. Even you've and trained then, me. That was good. Kept the bolt in the chamber. Yeah, <laughs> and then at the end you could say, by the way, if you don't get it out, you could say. You know, that 16th was good, but most of it was running. You can just tack it on at the end because it's still good. But Thank wait you. for it. I like Fez, he just smacked you down right there. I'm surprised he didn't put his gun in his holster and just, like, blow on the, yeah, like that. <laughs> it's I think, I think it's, it's okay because I love the movie Ransom. So. <laughs> I just, it's, oh, it's hard to envision this team going, jumping from three wins to eight wins because they got a new line. Well, that brings up another point. McKenzie, pull up the fourth quarter win share because I lost a bet to Fez on this. Because I thought the number was way like the Bears had what the third lowest last year, and everyone thought they were going to be the worst team. And I said, "There's a reason it's higher." 
And I was right, but I lost. They never won a game. Well, they didn't they- want to win any games. Yeah, but they weren't throwing it. I mean, see, that presupposes you would, like making decisions. They were yeah. evaluating you only, talent. You would only throw if you were looking for a quarterback, and they clearly weren't looking no. for a quarterback. Well, listen, the fact they got number one and got that haul shows you that's not right. That's right? true. I mean, which again makes that Houston trade so stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, imagine if they get the top two picks and say they want to keep Kyler. Or they can get something for Kyler's worth something. If Aaron Rodgers, after last year, was worth what he's worth, Kyler's worth at least that much. Because he's not as good as Aaron was last year, but he's so much younger. Yeah. And the contract, he actually is cheaper. Yeah. But I think the injury stuff is worrisome. Mm, it's not as bad as people think. All right, so listen, the Bears should have won 4.6 games based upon proprietary fourth quarter win share. So they don't have to go up that much. They still have to go up over three and a half games. Three and a half. They have to get. They have to get eight to go over seven and a half. Eight. Yeah, it's seven. It's seven and, and a half is the number. That is high, isn't it? Yep. Yeah, I think you're honest, something. Good bet. All right, Scott. Well, I like AJ's bet because I'm on the Vikings over mm. their number of eight and a half wins. See, there's and, some artistry here. And yes, I know that uh, this is a team that got very lucky last year and shouldn't have been the 13 win team that they were, but they still won 13 games <laughs> with the 31st ranked defense in the NFL, which and, is random. And what mostly. did they, and what did they do to address that? They hired Brian Flores to be their defensive coordinator, whom AJ and I were talking about this before the show. There's not. There's not enough head coaches in the NFL right now that are better than Brian Flores at being a head coach. Like, he should be a head coach in the NFL. Mm, I, I used to agree with that. This was one of our first arguments when AJ came on board. He was skeptical. We've we've flipped so- stances yeah. on Here's Flores. Here's the thing. All the things that's come out of Miami, mm-hmm. and maybe it doesn't matter as a D.C., but all the things that came out of Miami was he was difficult to deal with in a way mm. that wasn't okay. Like, almost in a Josh McDaniel sort of way. <laughs> but it's... What? Did he just crack his head against the glass? Yes. He's, a, he's been in this office for four years. The glass must really be clean. I mean, Holy <laughs> shit. Look, you can see the mark where his head hit. Go <laughs> take, take a picture of that. What the Oh, fuck. He's that tired? Yeah, if you ever want. <laughs> what was he up at? 4.30 in the morning? Take a picture, dude. We're going to tweet. We'll tweet this out. So, so as I was saying, Brian Flores, very smart football guy, good defensive. You know from the Steelers' yeah. impact that he had last year on that Steelers' defense. I think he will have a positive impact on the Minnesota Vikings' defense. And I'm not a believer in that division being all that competitive. Yeah, Detroit certainly yeah, is getting yeah. so much love. Green Bay's going to take a step backwards without Aaron Rodgers. And I, I like AJ, I like Chicago to go under 7.5. I think Vikings over 8.5. Wins smart play. All right, all right. I you know something. I'm not sure I disagree because the typical default is the idea. I can't wait. No, when he gets back, we got to interview him. What it's hard. It's hard to get a good photo of the smudge because in the photo you can't like the light doesn't work. But what you can see is where his pompadour ends. Yes, <laughs> and then his forehead is a, like I bet his, the distance between his, the top of his hair and that bottom line his forehead is exactly right. It's crazy. Get, I, like I, mean, I don't Kenzie, know how. Do you have my calipers? I mean, did he think it was open? What I don't know. Like did he I, tell you forget that the thing. door was there? Like I mean, he was. Here he comes. He's. I think he's a little wobbly. There's real question. Here he comes. He's concussed. <laughs> <laughs> it was all that math we did earlier. How many how many fingers do I have up? 
Dude, what the hell? You know, oh. he, Fez might have had a stroke and he isn't telling us. He's you know, walking funny, too. You know when birds fly into a window? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. The door must have been really clean. <laughs> but, Fez, you've been going through that door for four years. It's never open. We never keep it ajar because it's too heavy. It's a glass door. He didn't even hit the door. <laughs> I hit, he, I hit he, the sidewall. He hit the part that's not... Was that the Pythagorean theorem going at an angle? <laughs> it's the part that can't even open. It's the glass next to the glass door. Who's going to trust your picks at this point <laughs> for tonight? <laughs> you got anything to crack on him, Mackenzie? No. Have you ever done that? I've done plenty of things like that. That's true. <laughs> like, I never got it. Like, unfortunate thing happened. Ah! <laughs> like, the hysterical nature it, of it. It's it, not me. It's the greatest joy of my life. When <laughs> yeah. someone... It's I'm not, different like that. I, okay. Watching people get hurt is one of the funniest things. Like, not, not injured. Called America's Funniest <laughs> yeah. or, or jackass. Like, yeah. think about the money they... Like, as, as long as you're not it. seriously injured... that part. It's okay. Like... Just the the pain and shame part. That's good. That's that's good comedy. I gotta be honest with you. <laughs> There's a guy that's worked with me in pregame named Mark for a long time. I mean, what's it been? Twenty five years? Not with pregame, but one way or another, mm-hmm. he was working with me. He, I was he was on the same floor as me in college, my freshman year at high state. Um, Park Hall, eighth floor. Okay. Um, he's a heavy set fellow. And at various points, he's been extra heavy. Like, you know, he wasn't, like, when I met him, he was, like, maybe 280 or something, right? Like, six foot. He probably got up to 400 at different points. Now, he's lost weight since, you know, which is great. But when he was at his height, we were having a meeting at the old office. This has been maybe seven, eight years ago. And he's sitting in a a chair, a normal chair. Like, one that leans back, you know, like an executive chair. No lie, the chair just explodes <laughs> underneath him at one point, and he goes, boom, right? You know, it drops like, what, two feet, I guess? It's the hardest I ever laughed. I was in on the, <laughs> I was in on the meeting. I was, before he hit the ground, I was laughing. Now, just had, like shallow howl. <laughs> now, had he like, made of? had he broken his back or something, it wouldn't have been as funny. Exactly. But if there's no serious injury. But if he did, once the E-car laughed, I would be laughing still. Probably. But somehow Mackenzie, who is one of the most self-involved people I've ever met, he's a good-hearted person, but he's Mackenzie first. Like, I've never, I mean, he's in the top, you know, could be millennials, whatever. Somehow he's the one that doesn't laugh at other people. You know why? Because he gets more out of being sanctimonious about it than he would laughing Mm. at it. Would you agree with that, Mackenzie? 100%. Now, that's what makes him tolerable. He admits his limitations. I like that, actually. I'd rather you be sanctimonious and virtue signaling and admit it than being neither and not. I'll take it. But you wouldn't admit it if you weren't it, but you know what Never. I'm saying. <sighs> so, Fez, what caused that? Just fatigue? What time did you get up today? Possibly, oh, like 6 a.m. I always get up 6 a.m. Always at six. You set the alarm? Just naturally wake. I take my son to school, so that's when he wakes up, and I'm doing my. A lot of times, I like to do my my work early yeah, to yeah. get at the numbers before the lines move. He so, wakes up at six. When's he got to be at school? Uh, we leave not till like seven forty-five. No, so he, he, he preps an hour forty-five to get dressed. He's slow. He hits the he hits the, oh, okay, he hits, okay, he hits okay. the snooze, and he, like fine. about six twenty-two, he actually 
But it's so. summer now, right? He's not. But now summer. he's out. But but he's he <laughs> but his alarm still goes off. Imagine that. So now that's disciplined. Yeah, but then he goes back to sleep. <laughs> he, well, he he wants the joy of hitting the snooze. Apparently, mm-hmm. wow. Now that brings up another guy who used to work for or still works for us, Tom. Tom Pat. You know, he you know he does a lot in sales, and you guys have dealt. He's great in nice job. He accommodates like crazy. But he literally, if he would get executed, if he wasn't somewhere at 11, it was 50-50 if he was making it. <laughs> when, he, when, when he was, like, in college in that year, I mean, it was crazy. He would sleep through planes. He'd sleep through. But he loved that snooze. He'd hit that snooze seven, eight mm. times. That's me. There's times what? where we have the Monday morning meeting. And oh, he struggles getting there. Well, it's it's not that it, it's he's logy. Uh, no, it's just he's always right up to the uh. to the line. Like when you think, but I, I I guess they're on Central Time, so it's like uh, no, Eastern Time. Eastern. Yeah, or oh, okay, so it's like middle of the day for them. So it can't be something to sleep. It, it, but it's always Mark and I are on first, and then the rest of the uh, oh, actually, McKenzie's becoming he's on the call now, and he's early. Well, this is fascinating, but. The other, the rest of the call, it's like on the on the time, like right when you well, think they, they might know, be late. No, they're there because they know if they, if they disappoint Mary, what happens? Oh, Mary's a culprit, <laughs> <laughs> a culprit. But she's all because she doesn't want to be early either. No, she doesn't want to be early. She doesn't like small talk. She doesn't want to be late. She is on time. She doesn't want small talk. No, she will sit and look at the atomic clock and call twenty seconds before rather than get on and have to talk to you about something. O- often it's Mark and I. <laughs> Uh, oh, he loves small talk. And it's like, uh, hey, Mark. Hey. <laughs> well, you haven't broken through on the small talk. No, yet. no, no. So next week, ask him about falling through the chair. <laughs> uh, I, I, that's, no, that's exactly. No, no, no. I, oh, no? You don't think so? Okay, if you want. <laughs> you know, the different. You say I made a good name. You know, what's, what, what is interesting, the different mediums of communication, because huh? Tom is an email guy. So all he does is email me when he has questions, and I always text, and I always text him back mm-hmm. my answers. You know, so it's like, whereas Bernie Fratto, mm-hmm. all he wants to do is talk. So no, no, he, That's not all he wants to do. It's if he's going to communicate with you, he'd rather talk. Exactly. So all he does every single time is call me, and, I've, and I never call him, but I text him all the time. So, it's, so what percentage of the time do you answer his calls? One fourth, but it's not that you're choosing not to. You you're just. Uh, I don't even look when my phone rings. You're occupied in a way that you just couldn't be overcome. When I look when the phone rings, it's like, is it RJ or is it my buddy Pastrami? If not, it go. Oh, I just let it go into. But Pastrami. I never call you. But yeah, but cold, anyway, because but, I don't call people cold. I text and say, yeah, yeah, well, and this, this, is, this is really strong. Because RJ will say, Steve, you got you, you, you got a few minutes? Are you available in like 15 yeah. minutes? I mean, it's like it's good. I'm not a that's senator. The way, that's the way to do and that, And I do the right? same thing. Like, with, with, and I don't def- cold call people. And, and I consider that to be deferential also. Like, like I like that a lot. Like, yeah, somebody's like, and I got to tell you, and I'm pre- I'm, you're going to get mad at me. But if sometimes I'm pregame, people say, you know, they've selected you to be, they want you to be your friend. And they don't give me any information. And I don't say yes. A friend will. At pregame, they want me to be their friend, which I'm, I, I welcome. But they got to say, "Hey, Fez, this is Gary in Michigan." Well, I, some um, content. Right, that, that's what you know. Then is if you want to be Fez's friend, that's a tough one. Fez's friend, tell him something. Yes, like, and really tell him how you're going to make him money. That's what's going to cut through. 
Scotch is non. Like, yeah, that's yep, what I found yep, out. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> All right, so we got who left? Scott did his. Now, you didn't get a chance to respond to it. He likes, oh, so Fez, this to me feels analogous to Green Bay. First year they won 13 games. That's exactly what yeah. I thought. So, so, so like, I, I was telling RJ, oh, Green Bay was so massively lucky they won 13 games back to back. I like them under. Yeah, and it was nine. Yeah. And, and, and they even got bet down to eight and a half. And RJ said, you know, this is the square ball biggest thing ever, Fez. So you're taking, you're directionally right that Green Bay was lucky, like Minnesota was lucky. They won 13 games. Guess what? They don't need to win no 13 games. They don't win to, they don't need to win 11 games. If they win nine games, they're going over. And exactly. that's and Green Bay, I think, won 11 the, that that year. Yeah. Minnesota just has to be slightly above average. Yeah. And they've got Justin and, Jefferson, who's and God. And they drafted Jordan Addison, who's one of the so best they, wide receivers they, they in the are draft. Make, they are making some cuts based upon the salary cap. They got yes. rid of Adam Thielen. He stinks. And yeah, could but, be getting rid of Dalvin Cook. Which mm-hmm. is a big or he deal. will stink yeah. going forward. I mean, and, and Cook is someone that they still say has a year or so mm. or two left yeah. as an elite receiver. Mm-hmm. Right? When, or running back, running when, back when he's yeah. on the field. Mm-hmm. I agree with you. Well, he's not hurt that much. I agree. Yeah. Call him a receiver. I, I don't agree. really believe I don't really believe with most people with propensity to be injured. I, or injury prone, as mm-hmm. they say. I believe that in the extreme cases that's valid, like Jimmy G. I just don't think it is. I think it's a lot of luck. Something like Jordan got hurt his second year, was out almost a whole year, right, with his foot injury. I don't think Jordan had another injury that really mattered the rest of his career. The irony is that the, the guy that went in front of him in the draft was yeah, like, he, yeah. but he was crippled from the get-go. The Not crippled. The the cook, the, I mean, literally is crippled. The thing with Cook, though, is that he doesn't score touchdowns. So if, if you're looking for, like, offensive production, like, I think they can replace the offensive production right. that they lose. They wouldn't have paid him that much when they had more salary yeah. cap. Well, they, they don't want to pay him now. So because that's why they, they don't have yeah. the money. I, yeah. Listen, let, I, to me, it's not debatable that Minnesota's making some cuts. Of course. They prefer not mm-hmm. to. How, is it enough? I don't know. I don't to, to make your bet not good? I don't think so. Now, if you look at Minnesota, we look at fourth quarter win share, which, in my opinion, is the best capturing of the truth of the fourth quarter in these games. Minnesota was three and a half games lucky. That's massive. But they still should have won nine and a half games. Yeah. So think about this. Let's assume Minnesota won eight games last year. Then you could come out and say, oh, you know, they're unlucky. They should have won nine and a half. <laughs> I'm going over. I agree with that. So, I mean, in general, what the truth is of last year has to be your starting point of that. Now then doing the differential analysis of, well, how much mo- less money are they spending? Or mm-hmm. We're looking a lot at cap spend and stuff. And Mackenzie, I know we're not ready to release all the info, but in 30 or 40 seconds, give us what you've learned so far about the correlation between cap spending and wins. Strongly correlated. If you have a lot of dead cap for whatever reason, or if you choose not to spend a lot of money, if you have cap space at the end of the year, you're going to be a losing team more often than not. And it makes a ton of sense. In a a hard cap league in which you can account for things, what are the ways teams struggle? They spend a lot of money. Like the Bills will have, which makes me surprised with, you know, with them having um, a quarterback that's going to be healthy for, you know, in theory, going to be good for 10 more years, right? Why would you be setting things up now to go all in, it feels like? Because obviously hmm. the Von Miller. Yeah. Um, Leonard Floyd, they just signed too. Yeah, yeah, that's what made me think. How do they still have more mm-hmm. money? They're they're pushing things forward, but then you're still going to have an elite quarterback. In theory, I don't know. It's confusing. But I guess if you're Buffalo, you want to win one no matter what. Yeah, yeah. I think but if you don't, what happens? It's a disaster. So it looks like it's trending towards disaster. I think I'm more optimistic than I was a couple weeks ago. I, I just think that they're spending money. They're going. 
a team that's a year after the year they were supposed to be good and disappointed is usually a good bat. Most type sleeper. Well, we're seeing that in other sports, right? That's a good phrase. I like that. We're right. seeing that in other sports. Like, give an example. The Miami Heat were the one seed in the Eastern Conference last year. They did not make it to the NBA Finals. Now they're in the NBA Finals. The Florida Panthers were the number one record in the NHL last year. Did not make it through in the postseason. Now they're in the Stanley Cup Final. The year after the year. Are you the, Vir- the, the Virginia Cavaliers were like a, <laughs> no, the number one seed and they lost yeah. outright and then they and betting won wise it all. I agree with this because they're usually underpriced mm-hmm. because of that because everyone lost so much money on mm. them when yep. they were the hot team. All right, I'm going to do this rapid fire. So Colts are investigating Rogers Isaiah Rogers for possible betting. His name's come out now. Let's get past the obvious stuff, right? If there's a league that has rules. You got to follow them or you pay the price. That rule can be wear red if you as long as it's not discriminatory, right? I think that that's the way we are in America. The NFL says no gambling. So anyone that wants to get bigger than that or with it, I don't know. I get the hypocrisy. You could say, well, it's hypocritical to make money from it, but then poo poo it. I'm not even sure I agree with that because you certainly don't want people participating in something potentially bad. Like, where do you draw the line? You can bet. You can't bet four against your team, but you can bet other teams, right? Eh, I don't like that. Now, to not let them bet other sports, I think is goofy, right? They should be able to bet the NBA. I don't, if you're an I, NFL I, I, I don't think there's any hypocrisy to using a comp. If you're a casino, I think it's fine to tell your employees you cannot gamble at our casino. Mm-hmm. That is not now. Being... The reason for that is they they don't want friends to run scams on them, right? You know, people you know. What would that scam? I guess it'd be easier to collect uh, or to uh, what would you call it? Um, conspiracy to have a conspiracy yes. to fix a game amongst yourself. Yeah. Okay. But you could play at other casinos. Or you could play at other yeah. books, right? Like yeah. if you work for uh, a sports book in one one, if you work for one sports book, you obviously can't play there. But when but you say you, obviously, but, why do you think that's tr- the case? Because you have the inside information about what the, the who's betting what. And in, a, and in a way, that's you, a good point. You know, you you could come up and say, "Hey, you know, can you tell me who Billy Walters is betting on?" For instance, you mm-hmm. know, yeah. So I agree that that it, that it's good. You guys are giving good examples. Um, I will say there's one counter to that, which is remember in Vegas you couldn't bet UNLV or any Nevada team for a long time, mm-hmm. and when '91 UNLV won at '90, then '91 they got the Final Four. You couldn't bet them here, and Dra- they, DraftKings still won't let you bet on teams from New Jersey. All right. On one hand, you could say that's good. That's them being concerned about corruption. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, you could say, well, are we presupposing that all it takes to corrupt these games is someone knowing someone? If so, then there's going to be a lot more corruption. Maybe that's going to stop some of it, but there's going to be a ton of it. I think Nevada figured that out and said, no, we believe in the integrity of our games. And you can be at UNLV, not be at UNLV. You can be in Nevada or not. We don't think that they're going to get fixed. And if they do, we're going to get caught. They're going to get caught and get put in jail. There you go. It's actually, they, they, they're saying that although it's easier to bet on those teams, yeah. you don't bet against us because we're the watchdog, baby. Mm-hmm. So that's the worst possible place to bet a Nevada game if you have information is in Nevada. I think any regulated book, if you, I don't, I'm not giving tips on how to fix games, but if you do, don't, well, not if you do, but if someone hypothetically did, betting with a regulated bookmaker is a mistake because they all trade information. And, and there's monitors like Matty Holt's company that, that are watching that pool. Like the Alabama, how much did the Alabama baseball player coach or the coach mm-hmm. bet? It was a tiny amount of money, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. it wasn't a lot. Yeah. But yeah. they caught him. Yeah. 
It's, well, it's, they catch everybody. They they well, know. I, we don't know. Oh, that, you know what? Oh. I mean, this guy was making twenty five dollar bets that like this guy for the Colts, like it's, which how, shows how, that this isn't financial. Right? Scott, how many times have you been have you been speeding in your life? Every day. How many? T- you take speeding. Adderall every freaking day. How many speeding tickets have you been written up in the past year? Zero. There you go. It, it's hard to get caught. Well, I think if you don't speed by a lot. I would say it's easier to get caught if you're an NFL player batting. <laughs> no yeah. doubt. It no seems doubt. To be they're getting caught a lot. Yeah. Um, so to me, the hypocrisy is you can't bet the NBA or something. It, within the own league, I don't think it is. I think it's reasonable. You know, and it keeps it cleaner. So, for all well, that, the part, just don't take. don't make any bets when you're in your work establishment. That's not a complicated rule. Yeah, and I also think that anybody that's uh, fear over the integrity of the game, the legalization of sports betting has actually made it more legit because right. they're like, fi- just like I, yeah. they're finding out these players that are betting. The more regulated betting there are, the more that the more oversight. The more oversight. Yes. And that Alabama that, coach is a tremendous example where if he bet with a book a bookmaker that that was illegal or gray, whatever you want to call it, a paperhead, he doesn't get caught. No. Exactly. Now what may happen is someone figures out who he is and then they start piggybacking those bets mm-hmm. and then it grows fast and then it gets investigated because it's moving the number in Vegas because the offshores are moving. Yeah. I mean, in a way, that's what happened with Donahay. I mean, there's a lot, there's different ways it got, but there was a lot of people that were seeing the numbers being off by enough that they, and they, it doesn't take too much database analysis to say what's the common theme of these games. Yes. Um, but it, that means the market's moving and that takes a lot. So that's another thing. Hypothetically, if you were fixing games, Make sure no one knows that you're fixing them because you might think it's not going to get play telephone and get a couple degrees of separation down the line. But there's going to be a, a syndicate that has it very soon because everyone wants to trade in this inside info source for something else. Yeah. So you think, oh, I'm just going to quietly bet in New Hampshire and Vermont and no one will ever be the wiser on this. But until that guy in Vermont notices every time that you bet on a Nebraska game, you're get you're winning. And then they like, you know, that I'm going to bet what he bets. Might and take a while, but it, it might take a while, but then he's going to find it. Yes. All right. Next story Jimmy G, Raiders coach says he's fine by season's end. How could he know? Obviously, his history of injury is significant. Tom Brady conversation sure is heated up. Mm. I don't know. I think that Lombardi's point about it is strong. Brady's whole premise was he started working in February to get ready for September. He's not working like that now with his health. How he's a year older. How's he going to be any good? So as much as I want to have some fun with it, if it was a game or two, I think he could do it. Even if he came in late, I don't know. What do you think about this whole Tuck rule? You know that that, that was like the object of destruction of the Raiders when the, when New England won the Tuck room with rule with Brady. I think it's a non-factor. That I mean, I would hold a resentment if I was a Raider. I don't want Brady. None of these Raiders played for the Raiders back then. But the fans. If, if the fans said, if you told the fans you can have Tom Brady or you can have... But we're talking about Tom Brady in ownership. Oh. And, and, and Davis being the one that they are critical of. Here's what I, I think. I think they'd get over it. Here's what I think. Davis feels like he's protect. They want Davis out. By all accounts, they mm. want... He's the poorest, I think, the poorest owner. Oh, the NFL wants him. The NFL wants him out. Not the mm. fans. No, I don't know. I don't even know on that. But but fans always are mad if you're not winning, Right. So Al Davis was a thorn in the side of the NFL like no one's ever been. And he, he was suing the NFL like nonstop the last 20 years of his life. So to me, 
they want him out. I don't know, cause that, cause the poorness, whatever. I don't know. Obviously, them letting the Gruden stuff out was a choice, all right? And I mean, they they put it. I mean, effectively a career hit on Gruden. You don't think anyone else in those hundreds of thousands of emails said anything questionable? Mm-hmm. Come on, twenty ninth by uh, yeah, network. Yep. So who's poor? Well, Green Bay at 32. It's oh, a, they don't have an owner. So. 31, uh, Cincinnati, Mike Brown. Mm. Yep. 30, no. Art, Art Rooney. Really? And well, 29, Davis. That's interesting because the Rooney's in general. See, the Rooney, they have such a big brand. They've sold off chunks of that. I think the Rooney's are doing, I tell you, the Rooney's are doing pretty good. It says this is wor- the net well, worth he's worth one point two billion. So, mm. so can we combine I'm, the Roonies and the Maras? Yeah, and then, you know? I, I don't under I don't understand this because the team is worth more than it's but just, he probably only it, owns. This owns is 20%. what the, remember is uh, Art Senior had like uh, four kids and right. you know, um, I think it's in a trust or something. Um, so I think that Davis thinks he's protecting himself by having a, a lovable guy like Brady. It's like you want to throw Tom Brady out of the league, but I think it's the opposite. When they come for when they come for Davis, they're going to tell Brady you can head up the, owner, the other ownership group, or at least be, and then he's, they can he's have need that turn. Giselle money back. Well, but no, because we, look what Magic did is is to be he the face a, of something, yeah. and you get a nice chunk of it. I mean, how much do you think he paid for? Like, what did he pay? Fifty million supposedly for this Raider stake? I think something like that. Yeah. You want to look it up? I, yeah, I can look it up. We tend not to do something like that. But the the thing is, it's like one percent is what they're saying with mm. the five billion dollar mm. valuation. So he's he's taking fifty million, I think. We'll see. For one percent of something, you got no owner, you got no control. But imagine if they gave you five percent for the same fifty million. Now you've just five x your money for your brand. Yeah. Right, which is what magic's what yeah. I understand. I believe magic. like Jay Z was like the first to do it when Jay Z bought it into the Nets. Was that before? Was that before the Dodgers and yeah. Magic? Because mm-hmm. that back then, uh, Dodgers were still owned by what's his name before he got divorced. Oh, Oma- oh, No. Um... Wow. Um, if he doesn't remember a name, it's something because I thought that the McCourts, had... Frank McCourt. McCour- okay, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the uh, writer. <laughs> All right, so next up, Bill Safety Hamlin. Oh, let's make the cross here, the sign of the cross. All right. It says his exact ownership amount has not been made official, mm-hmm. but I heard $50 million also. So. All right. Uh, uh, let's all have a moment of silence. Ham, well, he's alive and he's coming back. He participates in team drills. Now, let's be honest. The fact he participates, if he's legitimately able to be on the field, that is a, an amazing achievement. And I don't want to diminish it. I honestly, I, I at the time I never thought he'd play football again. I just assumed that was that. Doctor AJ, now what, no, I, what was the reason? I mean, usually when you have some sort of heart issue like that, nah. they they don't allow you to like you would think it's too much of a risk for an nfl team to let him back out there have they figured out yet if it was something about him that made the hard thing happen or was it just apparently i read it was something about there's like this one millionth of a second between heartbeats that if you get hit exactly at that time it can throw it out of rhythm or something i don't know that's the way i understood it as well so it wouldn't be about him then it happens to kids to get hit with the baseball in the chest oh out of like 10 million right aj yeah, I, it's extremely rare. So. Yeah, Tamar Hamlin, by the way, minus five hundred comeback player of the year. I think that's right. If he starts on the field, now what's analogous here, and, and if this happens, I don't think it's a. I think it's still an achievement. Rocky Blyer. Now that's a name that was huge in Pittsburgh for a long time. Now, do you even know that name, Scott? Yes. Okay, but vaguely, it sounds like. Yeah. 
Yeah. So he was a Vietnam vet that got hurt. In, so he was drafted by the Steelers, I think, in 69. So he had like one or two years. It might have been before that, which he played. Then he went and went to Vietnam. He got drafted, which think about that today. You're getting drafted out of the NFL. Now, he played at Notre Dame. So he obviously was pedigreed his family to some degree. But somehow, you know. I guess the NFL, but was there any other NFL? Maybe he was in Rotsy or something. But either way, he went mm-hmm. to Nam, and he got shot in his leg. He was a running back, fullback. And, I mean, he, he it was like they didn't think he could walk without a limp. It took him like four years where he went to training camp, got cut. Then he was on that what they called the taxi squad at the time. And finally he came back and played in the first Super Bowl in 74 and actually caught a touchdown pass in the Minnesota if I'm not mistaken, that was the only touchdown pass, if I'm not mistaken. It was a 16-6 game. But um, – and there was a safety. Is Steelers D was that good they would score points. But Rocky Blyer was a hero. And he, he there was a, a made-for-TV movie called Fighting Back, and his book was called Fighting Back. And it really – it's a great book. I read it as a kid, so I remember it fondly. But he, he did media after that for a long time. But, you know, Vietnam vet fought back. But it took him like four years to make the team. So if somehow Hamlin doesn't make the team this year and does next year, it's still a hell of an accomplishment. I agree. Uh, my guess is he makes the team this year. So you think he'll make the team even if he's not even one of the Even if he be- isn't one of the 53 best guys? Maybe that's why Buffalo never wins. Probably part <laughs> of the reason. <laughs> All right. Also Bill's news, Ed Oliver, a D-tackle. 70 million almost extension, 45 sticks guaranteed. AJ, thoughts? Uh, he's very key to what they do. Is it's, he? It, yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, he's not a top flight D lineman, is he? Uh, he's second tier, wouldn't you say? Yeah, he's second tier. Yeah, um, him. But uh, clearly, it, you've talked about the Von Miller thing. Clearly, it's a, the line is where they're investing, uh, which makes sense. You want to beat the Chiefs, you better. Get after Patrick Mahomes. You want to beat the Chargers. You better get after Herbert, or you, you know. Well, beating the Chargers, maybe that that's tough. not that tough. Joe Burrow, <laughs> same thing though. Uh, so it makes it makes sense for Buffalo. They didn't have much of a pass rush against Cincinnati. They did not. It snowed though. It snowed quite a bit. Now here's the thing. I bet you don't know, Fez. Mm-hmm. And since you just banged your head against a glass door, I think odds are you don't. <laughs> I knew 20 minutes ago. One might argue that woke me up today. Name the teams that do not have a heating apparatus beneath their field but are in cold weather. Let me think about this. So, like, a lot of teams. The Minnesota Vikings. But they're in a dome. I know. So, in cold weather game conditions. Um, The only team, Buffalo Bills, they have no heating underneath. Every other You didn't let me guess. I know. You were, you were really slow. Yeah, yeah. That was well, they broke ground this week on their new. But it's not until 2026. Right. So 23, 24, 25. We got three more years. We should have. I mean, I'm telling you, I swear to God, if I would have saw it snowing and knew that, I just learned this because I've been doing some real deep research on these stadiums and stuff. I mean, I'm going like the things where they talk to the fan. I'm trying to find out when, what year each of these stadiums put it in because at that point, I'm going to demarcate those games after in the database mm-hmm. differently. Mm-hmm. I can't find it for the life of me. Now, where, here's another trivia question. What was the first team to ever put it in? Green Bay. How'd you know that? It's a, because it's, it's been got, a thing it's a about for a while. And it's okay. Siberia. You know, if, if well, there was but Buffalo's one... colder than Green Bay. No. But I feel like it, it is if you look at the average temperature in January. It's the coldest in Buffalo. Really? Yeah. I just feel like every time there's a... that is. It's right on the Canadian border. <laughs> well, and it's right on the go. lake. It's on the lake. That, well, more north is colder. But the lake should keep you cooler. N- 
Exactly. I mean, the lake should keep no, you it does. warmer. So you think Lake Erie makes it warmer in the winter in Cleveland? Yes. You're wrong. I mean, Really? Yeah, there's a whole phenomenon called... The lake effect. Yeah, the lake effect yeah. in which it makes it much, much colder. No, it makes it warmer. What? Guys, look up the lake I effect. I lived in or, Chicago. It makes it, pr- it makes it precipitate. So did you live in Chicago or did you live in outside? No, of- wait. <laughs> You're saying Chicago wasn't cold. <laughs> The lake the kept lake, it warm. The lake. Local. The last time I checked, the lake is always like right around the thirty. The last time I checked, it doesn't. You mean if your Britannica Encyclopedia had it wrong from nineteen eighty? The lake is thirty-two degrees during the winter time. That's warmer than what Chicago. What, what it is in January in Chicago. Oh, that must be then. Yeah. Can, can, can you tell us, please? All right. Can you give us a synopsis? Ask Chad GBT to. Yeah, synopsis. it's when cold air mass moves across uh, of a warmer lake water. Uh, the lower lake. Uh, I'm sorry. Do me a favor. Do me a favor. Could you read it and then concisely explain it? Thank you. All right. But note the theme. Cold well, air moves across a warmer how's lake. This, warmer. It, I know. It's warmer. But it does. But unless you're in the lake, that's not relevant, is it? No, What's, it is what? relevant because when the because when it's zero degrees and the lake's thirty two, the air coming well, off the stop, lake. Stop! 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 What? I, I want to give give him a chance to back himself up. You seem mighty sure. Yes. So laying nine to one wouldn't be a problem, right? I'm not going to lay nine. So you're less than 10% sure, but you're teaching like you're teaching us something. Mm. The low temperature. No, no, no. Just repeating it doesn't help. What odds will you give me that you're wrong? We will quantify the bet. Quantify what the bet is. What odds will you give me, though? First, quantify what the bet is. What's the bet? So the the bet is is that any any point in Chicago along the lake, Mm -hmm. okay, in January, Mm -hmm. the average temperature Mm – during the day, mm-hmm. all right. Well, it just it, the average temperature mm-hmm. will be more moderate mm-hmm. than 30 miles inland. Okay, so you're saying yep. the net effect of the lake is to make it less cold. Yes, <coughs> I, in what, January, what, in the coldest. In the cold. What odds will you give me? I'll give you four to one. So you're only 20 or 80 percent sure of this. I'm 80 percent sure. Given you're, you're you disagree with a lot of authority. Well, you, you you're disagreeing with me. I I was ninety five percent sure, but because you're so adamantly disagreeing with me, now I'm only eighty percent. I'm not sure. adamant. All right. I'm saying that I've always heard the lake causes it to be colder. It's like the chilly wind off of Lake Erie. That's what I always. No, that's heard. wind chill. Yeah, well, the wind, wind chill is part of the is what the true temperature is. I agree, but we're talking about just <laughs> we're talking about just temperature here. No, wind we're chill, about I, the effect on the game. Well, now I agree with you. The wind chill. All right, Mackenzie, yeah. what do we got? Have you done it yet? Lake affects snow. Uh, it makes it warmer. It ma- <coughs> what the fuck's going on? What? <coughs> Look at him bet you. I it think. Ma- oh. Put I, th- I think more than anything, it causes it to snow more. I'm sorry. What you think isn't the interesting part. We all know it causes it to snow Go more. to Chad GBT and ask. See what he said. Are you mad? Chad GBT got nerfed. It's a lot worse than it was a couple weeks ago. I think, I think you noticed that as well. Okay. Let's see what it says. What's Chad GBT? <laughs> what? <laughs> what? You haven't heard about this? It's like the biggest thing that's happened in the last six months, probably in all of the world. It's a AI that they release. It's oh, very okay. You yeah. showed me. You showed me. Yeah, yeah, I yeah, just yeah, didn't yeah. know the name of it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's it's got every. I mean, I tell you this. It's shocking how many books there are out about make a million for Chad. Like every mm-hmm. business is reevaluating how to do things. Mackenzie's actually using it for some SEO stuff with the team. That's very effective. He's mm-hmm. gotten good at it. Lake effect, according to ChatGPT, can both warm and cool areas depending on the season. All right, so what about in the cold weather? All right. 
What are you seeing? Uh, yeah, so during, 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 the, during the summer, oh, yeah. the, during the summer, it's but, cool. Uh, sorry. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Lake Michigan influences the climate of Chicago and most of northeastern Illinois. The large thermal mass of the lake tends to moderate temperatures, causing cooler summers and warmer winters. So Chicago's warm. Yes. Who would have thunk it, AJ? I don't know. All right. I learn something every day. Huh. Buffalo's Dude. still colder than Green Bay. That's what I'm thinking. Really, the ultimate point is I'm yeah. right. What, what, what is the temperature? Uh, oh, I don't know. I'll, I'll oh, look them up. You were just thinking, they thinking it is colder. I want to. I want to. I want to see it since I want to see the 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 average temp of January. So you're giving me four to one on this? No. Oh, okay. All right. So anyway, they're the only field that doesn't have heating, and I found that very interesting. I can't find out where when these teams have put it in. Green Bay was 67. Wow. Yeah. All right. Next story. The Browns are desperate to reunite Hopkins with Watson. And this comes from Ross Tucker, someone you do a podcast with. Yeah. All right, so let me ask you, Fez, is where are you at with the Browns this year? I think you nailed it. It all comes down to the quarterback. I mean— And where are you at? I'm undecided. I mean— was it Russ? How, how's this sound? I'm, I'm, I think it's I'm, a little NFL deep dive. I'm bearish. In the next I'm, bear, I'm bearish. Really? I don't think I don't like at all what I saw from Watson. Well, obviously, but yeah. did you like what you saw the, his last year and a half? No. Well, he was what top four. I mean, I, I don't like anything that I saw from him in, in a Cleveland Browns uniform. Okay, so, so that's a half a year, yeah, or less. It and I didn't 13. see any improvement. Okay, but is that improvement going to come? When you're practicing hardly at all for a game, I mean, you don't improve playing games usually. It's in the off season t- people improve, right? Unless it's about not being familiar with the speed of a game. Yeah. So I don't know. I just think it's we've never seen a quarterback take out that take off that much time or be forced to. It's like Ali almost, right? Obviously, it was very different mm-hmm. circumstances. Um, what, what's our temperature situation? I can tell by the read he was right. I should have bet you again. What was it? Uh, average temperature in Green Bay in January, high 26, low 9. All right. In Orchard Park, New York, high 31, low 14. Why? I have no confidence tonight. I would have been 2 Because you ran your face into the door. <laughs> well, there was that. <laughs> you can't be feeling all I mean, that, that great well, about RJ yourself. RJ said it so, like, like emphatically that I was That's like. That's what it, you know what's funny? It's that cooling now, lake now, again. Now, here's an well warming lake. Here's here's the thing. I think I would win this bet. It's a, it's a nuance. Who has the most days below a certain temperature? Because what I read explicitly was the number of days under freezing in January is the most. So may, I don't know how that could work, but it's a distribution issue. Oh, I I know how it could work because it's always close to thirty two when you're living on the lake. So, okay, so so it warms things, but it it keeps them. Dep- it doesn't let it get too warm, is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, okay. But doesn't Buffalo have a lake too? Yeah. So they're both. No, lake. no. The, bu- the Buffalo is more of a lake than Green Bay. Yeah. Green Bay's lake is is, it's on the wrong side of the Great Lakes. And so why the, were we talking about Chicago? Because that's where point. you grew up. It's a good point. But I I just know like, I don't I don't know the wind patterns, but. It's um I know I know, I know that when I would drive into Barrington it would always be colder by my, my where my best buddy lived. AJ, go to NFLweather.com and look up and uh, look up Green Bay's weather because they actually have I think that's where I read they have the most days that are cold in a year. 
season. And I don't know. I don't know how you can say Green Bay's or Buffalo's closer to like Green Bay's literally like it's this town is built around the lake. I don't know. I don't. I don't really like that part of the. Country. How big is the lake? I, it's Lake I, Michigan. It's pretty big. I yeah. think about the way. <laughs> there you go. I think about the way you think about Arkansas, AJ. <laughs> no, I, I like Green. Listen, I am. Listen, they beat the Steelers. All right, the only two teams that beat the Steelers in the Super Bowl. I don't like you, Dallas, and I don't like you, Green Bay. You might say, "Well, you're two and one against Dallas." I don't care. Yeah. We don't lose Super Bowls usually. All right, when I attend, it's one and zero, oh, undefeated. I believe in anyone disagrees, we can hear it. I, we've never seen something like Watson, elite top five quarterback that last year. Then through malfeasance, whatever, he missed a lot of time. He comes back. No, you know, he, he wasn't training camp, and he looks horrible. He looks like he's – if he was 40 and the last time he played he was 27, it would make sense how he looked. It would make sense if he got suspended for a year for performance enhancers – and then he came back and didn't have them anymore, and suddenly he was bad. But as a like, quarterback, I'm not even sure if that would even matter that much. I mean, it's like it just was like, what the F? He looked like a different player. And, I mean, you were, you know, in Houston, his whole run, that last year, even though they only won four games, was massively— He, he was incredible. I mean— The team was awful. He was incredible. So, if Watson plays like that, the Browns are a Super Bowl contender. Oh, yeah. And if he plays like last year— they're not making the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs, and they're probably a seven-win team. Yep. So the question is, what is the market? Where in the middle of those two? So let's call it a 12-and-a-half. I think if we knew we were getting that year out, if Mahomes was on the Browns, what's the Browns' win total? 12. All right. So let's say 11-and-a-half because Watson even at his best, a little less than Mahomes, but he was close. Okay. So 11-and-a-half would have them with the Chiefs. The Bengals and the Eagles, and that's it. The Bills are at 10 and a half. Well, they're almost 11. Okay, 10.8. So the current number on the Browns, I'm just trying to get a feel where there is nine. So we think he'd be two and a half wins better with them. So let's say there's two and a half wins down below, which would be six and a half. Now they're the Raiders or the Colts? Yeah, so... I guess my point is, yeah, 6.7, yeah. Well, yeah, they would be like the fifth worst team after the Rams, Bucks, Texans, and Cardinals. And again, we're just randomly. Mm-hmm. It feels like that it's better than 50% he's going to be good. And it also feels like that's not in the middle. I think it's more high. I don't know. What do you I think? don't know. It seems like if, if, there, if we're, we're talking about seven, right? Mm-hmm. If he plays like, badly like he did last year, and we're talking 11 and a half if he's like really good. And now it's at nine. That's like fifty-five percent. He's not going to be good. Yeah, yeah. They might be priced right, but I'll tell you this: I have no interest in betting over under win totals. I want to bet them to win the division. I want to bet them to win tail. the AFC. You like the yeah. tail? The, it, that makes sense. Yeah. Watson plus three thousand to be the MVP. Well, that's a voting issue. Plus though. six thousand yeah. to be comeback player of the year. Oh, well, there's. But I, I don't think anybody will vote for Deshaun Watson. That's what I'm saying. Like that. Especially with the guy that died and all. The guy that died? Oh, Hamlin. He didn't die. Well, for, <laughs> I, for I 90 know, seconds. I know what did. happened. It seemed like he, I don't <laughs> think he was dead for 90 seconds. I think his heart stopped yeah. for like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It wasn't that. Like, but even when your heart stopped, are you dead the minute you're, I guess that's interesting. What is declaring? Well, declaring that is different. Are you dead if your heart stops? 
I know. It, eventually. Yeah. I don't know how they calculate that. <laughs> All right. Last thing. Aaron Rodgers. Agent requests Packers trade. QB or fire the GM. This was back in 2021, which is interesting. They didn't fire the GM, and he signed a three-year contract after. Comment. Uh, why is this coming out now? I th- what does the agent gain by this? Or who's leaking this information? Who has something to gain by leaking this? That's always the question. It seems like Rogers caught some heat for, for, for ghosting the Packers. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're trying to get out there. He has been disenfranchised, no pun intended. He's been disgruntled for a long time. And they, have, and they were not willing to uh, accommodate him. Exactly. And thus... Whatever happened after it was all part of the game. Mm-hmm. Feels like what they're trying to do here. I yeah, don't know. like like this this year's trade request didn't it didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, and the, and him not answering was him saying they're not responsive to me, so I'm not responsive to you. I think this is their way of saying that he's not bailing. He wasn't bailing on the team this year because it's going downhill after last year. Like he wanted to bail after a 13 win season. So it's like, well, what do you mean? Like uh, he always wanted to get out of Green Bay. It's not just because they had a bad year last mm. year and they're bad. They're going to be worse this year, so it makes it seem like he's not abandoning ship. Like to me, he, it makes it almost he always, sound worse. He always wanted to get out. I think signing the contract is the part that makes it bad. Yeah, like if you wanted out so bad, why'd you sign this new deal that you didn't want to honor? Because he wanted 150 sticks. Exactly. Yeah. Mackenzie, quick question: Pick one for this season only: Trey Lance, Aaron Rodgers. Ooh, that's a tough one. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers just because he plays an easier division. Why is that tough? Because I'm joking. Uh, While physics face, unbelievable. That that was a joke. Okay. Um, (laughs) Now, you wanted to be a professional comedian too, right? I had some stand-up runs. (laughs) People running for the freaking door. (laughs) (laughs) Mitzi wouldn't have let him on stage. Well, he was ahead of Seinfeld, apparently. McKenzie's going to live at the higher level of the mountain than uh, (laughs) Jerry. All right, so... I think that wraps up the NFL. Yeah. Anything else in the NFL? Let's shift gears to the NBA. McKenzie, who is the expert, and he is the expert. You know, he sounded intoxicated, that show on Straight Out of Vegas AM. Did he seem intoxicated? No. He seemed intoxicated. You guys still have the rum in the back, right? <laughs> Not anymore. Just saying, just saying. I'm hoping. I'm hoping. He was struggling with a lot of words. <laughs> McKenzie, were you intoxicated? Nope. Mm-hmm. All right. We're going to let him guide our, guide us on the NBA. What do you think's going on, bud? Well, if you just watched the first three quarters of the first two games, the series played out exactly like everybody thought. It is no series. Denver sweeping this thing. They were plus 29 in the first three quarters over the course of two games. The what? They were plus 29 over the first three quarters over the course of the first two games. The Denver Nuggets were. However, Miami Heat made it 1-1, and they could have made it one, uh, Yeah, they, they won one of those games, and they came way back in game one. And I don't think it's a coincidence. Well, when they came way back, they still didn't cover, right? No, they did not. It's hard to say it's too much of a comeback when you're, they cover nine. Yeah, they had an 11-0 run to start the fourth. It seemed like a game. Jokic started scoring, and, and, he, and he iced it. He put it away. However, defensively, the Nuggets in the second half— well, to put it another way, the Heat had the most efficient offensive quarter of any team in any game in the fourth quarter of Game 2 after they dominated the fourth quarter of Game 1. Well, so, well, hold on a second. Any team of any game in what time period? In this season. Regular and post? Yes. Okay. 
they dominated, and especially offensively. I think that's something that we're going to see play itself out throughout this series. The Heat, in the regular season, it was their best quarter. In the playoffs, it's their best quarter. And I think in this matchup, they have some advantages that can take advantage of the fourth. So that's what I'm looking at for game three. Do you have an erector satin arrow that you just hit? <laughs> Fidget spinner. I've got great regret. And you said this at the be- like before we started the show. Mm-hmm. And I bet under on game three. And you're like, I bet first half under. And now okay. that that's going to be a pick of mine coming up. Go ahead. Oh, shit. <laughs> go ahead. But hearing him say that, I'm like, oh my gosh, that bet is so much better. Yeah. Than my yeah. bet. I think so. And I also think to some degree, so that's going to be one of my official picks. I might have two. Is under in the first half, and history. And the current number is um, for the first half. Let's see. Yes, sir. Let's take again. I didn't even look. I just see that it's skewed that way. Um, I think it round one. I'd say 110. Yeah, we're, yeah, 110 it looks like. Yeah. Okay. All right. And it looks like one, well, there, yeah, 110 is a good number because I'm seeing like at Bet Online, it's 110 minus 18 to the under. So, mm-hmm. all right. So, um, here, the rationale is if you run the database and you get very specific, which is team wins the first game at home and covers, team loses the second game as a favorite at home. Straight up. Straight up, so it's just like the and then now you're the now we'll flip it. The other I should have said it from Miami's perspective. You're now home, and here's what's interesting: they're an underdog, right? Mm-hmm. So that it's all under in the first half, no matter what. But the underdog thing is interesting. There's a real difference if that team comes home is like laying four versus because I'm talking all rounds I'm not just talking the finals because in a weird way this is almost like a, a round one matchup at least with the seeds right an eight one is around one so like do you look at the finals with the data sets or do you look at the first round I think you look at both good point yeah yeah so um but it is skewed strongly and I can Mackenzie can you run that for me because I they will show it it's you know it's gonna be exactly what happened the ATS is implicit in the second game because a dog won so it's gonna be uh, do it from uh, Miami's perspective and say dog in the first game away loss, dog away one. Yeah, this is a situation where, and I think your point, even if it wasn't the trend that, that points that way to the first half, I think your point about early in the game and that being a focus makes sense. I also think this fourth quarter, I mean, Miami won't ever really feel like, oh my gosh, I'm in a hurry. We got to rush because you get this calm that, hey, we'll fix it in the fourth. I think that tends to make teams less frenetic, less like frantic, it might be the better word, and thus maybe not rushing to shoot a bunch of threes early if they get down by 10. In general, it just feels like everyone's waiting for the fourth quarter in a weird way from here on, and thus maybe it's less scoring in the first half. Yeah, I, I would concur. But the f- focus on defense, too, the trend history. I like the under in general, but I like the under in the first half Don't better. get train wrecked by overtime. Yeah, well, Don't get train wrecked by possible foul fest. And, but in our subset here, we've got it where um, the under is 19 overs and 28 unders when we just are looking at the scenario of splitting the first two but winning the second game on the road, now you're at home, and you were a dog those first two games. All right, that's from the Miami perspective. That's my official pick. Under first half, game three. Now, Under 110. Here's the question. Thank you. I want to question everything about this line and where it got pegged at to start. All right? So 
everyone that was the type to say, don't overreact. It's only game one. You know, there's certain types that overreact or react big like Stephen A. Because he's about emotion, right? And he plugs into the fans' emotion. He does an amazing job of that. But if anything, we want to know those emotions to bet against them, right? We think mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. too much recency bias. But then there's guys like uh, Lowe from ESPN. What's his first name? Zach. Zach Lowe. I listen to his pod a good bit. Not a great broadcaster. I don't think he'd say he is, but he's got good info. And he is a very level-headed guy. He's not one for a lot of emotion. After game two, he said, I didn't think it could happen, but I now believe Miami can win this series. I think they have as much of a chance. This is real. Like, it was like this huge reaction over effectively one quarter, you know, the fourth quarter. I mean, what were they? I mean, at the low point, they were down 15, right? Trailed by eight, entering the fourth. And trailed by eight, entering the fourth. So it's one quarter. Now, listen, I'm not saying that he's wrong. I'm saying if he's won over, how is this line still two and a half on the road? Like, what would the let's go back to one versus eight, Minnesota versus the Nuggets, right? Mm-hmm. What was the line in game three there? Now, we could say it was 2-0 Minnesota, so maybe there was a little extra motivation for Minnesota, but it was 2-0 Denver, but I don't know, right? I think everyone's pretty motivated here. Okay, so we got we got the Minnesota line, and it was a little like one and a half. Is that right? Yes. Okay. What do you think this tells us, Fess? This tells me that the market is staying anchored to the feeling of Miami's an eight seed, Mm-hmm. Instead of recognizing, no, this team is more like you know a, a legit contender. They are valuing. They are throwing Miami in the garbage can. They are saying that Miami in the fi- NBA Finals is worse than the Minnesota Timberwolves. Now, the one thing I would caveat that is, I think the Nuggets have been upgraded more than a typical one seed since the start of the playoffs. Yes. Okay, but, but the, I, the, the Heat have to have been upgraded more than any eight seed ever. Uh, well, maybe that's not the question. The question is the Heat have been upgraded, should be at least as much, if not more, than Denver. Whatever the expectations of Denver yeah. were, yes. they played better than that. Whatever the expectations of Miami has been, they played better than that. And I would say that distance is at least as big, if not bigger. So thus, the old Denver team against the Minnesota team was one and a half. Now it's two and a half in the same spot, game three, at the lesser team's venue how could that be unless Denver's been upgraded more than Miami or Minnesota's better than Miami? It's the only two ways yeah. it could be. Yeah, now Minnesota was down 0-2, so it isn't a 100% yeah. comp, so they, you know, they're, they're in that 0-2 spot. It's not worth a point. It ain't worth – I mean, it's re, – it's re, plus, it's like who's not motivated here? I think it is worth one point, that situation being down 0-2. I think, I, I think I'd say it's worth a point versus it, Maybe being in early rounds, I wouldn't say it's worth a point versus – it's still game three at home. Yeah, that game I three mean, down 0-2 is a real good spot for, uh, I mean, for we, that. I don't know. How much long you want to talk about it? I mean, I, I'm, I'm not sure I agree, but you think it? Okay, a point. So now they're saying they're even. Exactly, and they're not close to even. One team's god-awful <laughs> bad, and one team is a legit title contender. So what's going on? I, I think this is much more of a Miami thing than a Nuggets thing because this is the exact same way Miami was getting treated last round against the Celtics. Like, they were still the eight seed. 
Nothing had the, like the market has not upgraded Miami the way you would expect them to based on what they've done. I agree. What what, what could the alternative? What else? What do you? Well, you you said either like the, the it's either the Nuggets or or the the Heat. One of them's being mispriced, and I think it's Miami's being mispriced because this is the way this has been for multiple series. They can well, they, but anytime there's a price between two teams. It's a it's the relative difference between them, right? So you're saying you think the the incorrect the true power rating for Miami is what's really off. Yes, here. I'm not even sure it matters, right? As I mean, as long as what I mean, maybe I don't know. I think Denver's really. I think before they lost this game, there was talk of they only lost three games at home, and there was a sense that this could be one of the great runs of the last ten years, kind of thing. But if I still go back, like Denver, correct me if I'm wrong. Denver, Minnesota, Denver was like. Minus nine hundred, somewhere in that neighborhood. They were a monster series favorite. Mm-hmm. They weren't that big of a favorite versus Miami. I mean, they were minus four hundred, minus four twenty. That's interesting. So, uh, Mackenzie, where did the where did the number uh, land on the on the before the first game on the series price? One second. Maybe I'm remembering. It might not have been that high, but it was way higher than minus four twenty. How many ga- how many games did you think Miami would win against the Celtics? Uh, 1.35. One and a half. How many did you think they'd win against the Bucks? One and a half. Like, don't you think at some point we just say, maybe they're better than what I thought? Like, what exactly? First off, off, we should be happy if we think we're right. The thing we got to do here is understand the, the collective batting market, and this line's going up. It didn't get put up by the books and then get bet down. It's Mm -hmm. going up. Mm -hmm. So, it strikes me we were saying the collective market's wrong. Oh, I, I remember this wrong. So, so it was more in line. I mean, it was it was higher, but not Nuggets were minus four hundred versus the Heat versus minus five fifty round one. Yeah. Okay. So it's only minus five fifty. So it was higher, but yeah, that's significantly higher, right? I mean, okay. So I guess I would agree with you if you look at pure power ratings. Milwaukee had a higher power rating than Denver. And Miami had, or I'm sorry, check that. Boston had a higher power rating than Denver. So this is the third best team that Miami's played. The question is, how good is Denver? Because their net margin this year was like, what, three and a half? Exactly. So it's like, now I know that gets a little skewed because they did seem to kind of take the month off, the last month, right? I mean, can we, Mackenzie, can we look at the numbers for Denver up until, I don't know, March 15th? I mean, w- was that the point we think that they started slowing down? Yeah, last pod, plus 4.8 pre-March 7th, Kendrick Perkins speaks, minus one after that. Okay, so I think the minus one clearly isn't correct. So that prior number was? Plus 4.8. Okay, now where does 4.8 sit against Miami's last year's season number? Because this is a very similar team. Miami was right around like plus point three by memory. They're right La- around zero. Whoa, whoa. Oh, last season. last season. Oh, thank you. Yeah, they were a negative point differential yeah. this year, right? And then the question is, this is a team like the, that was the number one seed last year, right? In the East, how different are they? But they were considered a weak number one. So I'm. I wonder how it is compared. I know that there's been teams eight, nine point. Like Milwaukee a year, they didn't win it was I think the year before the bubble, they were like plus nine and a half. I mean, that's what a a good number one is. Miami was plus five last year. All right, so Miami last year was better, and we're saying not this most recent season, season before, was better than even the cherry-picked Denver, Mm -hmm. right? We're saying we're carving off the bad point. 
Now, I know it's not an apples to apples. And they were healthier. Miami. Last year's where they are now. They're not healthy yeah, right but now. But that brings up another yes. point is that shooter's coming back. Tyler, Tyler Hero. Hero. Not yeah. in game three, though. Right, but they're saying they're trying to choose if they want him to come back is the yeah. rumor. So, so if we take all the extreme assumptions, let's raise Denver up to plus six for a power rating. That seems aggressive to me, but they well, played very well in the irrational. playoffs. That seems irrational. Well, they played very well in the playoffs. I would make a case that it seems like they played better than they played. Because McKenzie, I thought he was wrong because he was disagreeing with my bet. But in truth, he had a point. If you watch some of these games, there was a point in every fourth quarter when Denver's been at home that they that that it could go the other way. This and, I agree with. Yes, and and I think that Phoenix was a good example of that. Like game two in Phoenix was like that. Both looked, the games in Phoenix could. Or I guess I'm sorry, game two against Phoenix in Denver. Oh, okay. So Mackenzie, that was your general point, right? Is if you squint a certain way, you could have seen the games go pretty different. Yeah. So six, I agree with you. So yeah. six is it's a leap of faith. High. We're high on Denver if All we right. make them okay. plus six. If we make Miami a zero, that's ludicrously low to value them as an. I don't think you can do that. But I'm going to. All right. All right. So I've got a very optimistic valuation of Denver and a ridiculously pessimistic one of Miami. And I give Miami three and a half for home court and I come up to Denver minus two and a half. So clearly Denver minus two and a half is too high. I agree. And I also think. Under your theory, like it's a good way to do it, actually, because it took a long time to get there, but it was a good way to do it, which is, is this so extreme no one can believe it? This other thing so extreme no one can believe it, and it takes that to make this number right. It's powerful. I also think there's one other – go ahead, AJ. Oh, I was going to ask a question because you, I, I, we've talked about the under, and it seems like you guys like Miami. Do you guys feel like those are inversely – Correlated, like it what? seems like Miami's more likely to win an over game. No, 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 no. Miami wants to slow. They don't want to run. I mean, if any, I mean, they really not. I mean, if you look at the pace, this has been a slow series. McKenzie probably has numbers on it. I just was more thinking. It seems like when Miami wins, they're shooting fifty something percent. Yeah, from but three. they're still not scoring a ton. Okay. I mean, we can look at the correlations. This play. So, um, well, first off, uh, pace-wise, uh, you got something for us, McKenzie? Yeah, I mentioned the Heat had the most efficient offensive fourth quarter. They only scored thirty-six points because they only had seventeen possessions, which would translate to like the slowest pace of any team by far in the league. All right. So, okay. do you have the pace this series so far? Pulling that up. Yeah. Yeah. Miami shot almost fifty percent game two. Mm-hmm. Denver shot forty percent. Both teams made ninety percent of their free throws. Game only one got to two nineteen. That's shocking. It didn't get up way yeah, well above. Yeah, we don't have to reverse engineer this. There's like pace figures mm-hmm. that will tell us that the, this is a slow. You know, yeah, sure. The pace is eighty nine point seven uh, in this series, and I already know it's much much slower than any. But I'll, I'll get the slowest team this season for comparison. Yeah, let us know. You know, it's like just check in whenever you get a number, and then maybe you have them at some point at the end of all that. All right. Hey, I got some early numbers. It's 87. That's slow. Report back in a minute. <laughs> 89.7. Slowest team this year was 96. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, again, short periods of time can always have more extremes. But this is slow. And Miami prefers it. If you look in the playoffs, when they win the game, what's the totals? Just say it, on the wins. I'm guessing it's correlated to under mm-hmm. and wins for them. Um. The thing that worries me about this is Jimmy Butler's knee. Just he hasn't been the same since that Knicks where he hurt himself against the Knicks, and he's done some great stuff, but it hasn't been that Superman stuff that he was doing against Milwaukee. Now, are these extra days off going to help him here? Maybe, but who knows? I mean, we might find out just like we found out 
who was it we just recently found out was really injured? Was it the NBA or I think it was the NBA? Someone got scoped. I can't remember. But it's like, no one's honest with you. Remember who I'm talking no, about? No, I'm saying, but I, I agree with you. I think we're going to find out after this series is over that Jimmy needs a, a procedure done. Yeah. I would, Jason Tatum? I don't think he needed it. No, I'm sure they try to say it, but no. <laughs> um, but I don't mind game th- I think Miami's going to be rocking and rolling at home. I think the fact that they're won, the fact they won or they lost, do you really think there's going to be less intensity from that Miami crowd because they're not down 0 2? I mean, if anything, 0-2... It'll be more dip- intensity because they're down 0-2. They're like, we're busted if we they but, get but, down but why? Then why is that... You think it's the players that do the difference yeah. when it's 0-2? Maybe, but was I think, Julius Randle went on, had yeah, surgery. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, I mean, like, he was so hurt that he had to have surgery. Can I it, talk you into some Denver team total under? Okay, so... so All right, so what... This is, oh, this is interesting. So when the Heat win the game... They are nine. Oh, this is different. Nine overs, five unders. Okay. Now, actually, do me a favor. I mean, this is still going to be the case, but do it inversely. Say when it goes under, what do the Heat do? So the Heat are five and five when it goes under. So it's, so, and by the way, 0 oh and 10 under when it goes under. Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Look at that margin. So, <laughs> so. I mean, AJ, all the talking head, <laughs> all the talking heads are saying, "Hey, Miami wants to slow this game down." Obviously, it's mighty slow. Um, the, they're winning when they do win. They go. They've been going over. So, it's, but here's the other thing: when the underdog, now that's interesting. When an underdog wins, that's a significant underdog. That's it's, it's say regular season the whole time, five point dogs or more. That win the game. Let's see what the total is. What do you think, Fed? I'm not sure. I think I think, I, I, I think I, it's I, over. I think if it's a double digit favorite, if they cover, the game goes under. Okay, so do double digit because this one's hardly anything. It's a uh, 49.3 percent. I think favorite would go with under. It's counterintuitive. All right, so this is one. Uh, no, see, I always think you're wrong with these. 1.45 points to the over, right. so 51.8. Now, that's small, I mean, relatively, but over 600 games. So so it's slightly correlated favorite to over, so I was outthought myself. But it was not enough to be profitable. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, and plus, you never know who's going to win. You know, who's gonna, if you know that the dog's going to win as a 10-point dog, there's other ways to get at it. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so... I'm not as interested in the series, but but I do think there's one piece we haven't talked about. Denver looked nervous in game two. Can we agree to that? In the fourth quarter, it felt like that Miami was the more veteran team, was the more together. Mm-hmm. The, and, yep. Right? And there's something to this because Miami has dominated the fourth quarter of this entire postseason. Mm-hmm. You look at their point differential through 20 playoff games, minus one in the first quarter, minus 11 in the second quarter, minus 12 in the third quarter, plus 90 points in the fourth quarter. And this isn't the first time that a Miami team under Eric Spolstra has done this in the postseason. Go back to the bubble 2020 where they went to the NBA Finals and lost minus 28 in the first quarter, minus 3 in the second quarter, minus 21 in the third quarter, plus 94 
in the fourth quarter. I think there's something to the way that Spolstra coaches this team to the, the whether you want to call it second-half adjustments or fourth-quarter adjustments, but the fact that they are dominating fourth quarters in the playoffs is not a coincidence. I think there's something to the strategy. Maybe it's like, maybe it's a rope-a-dope, right? They're letting the opponent get tired out before they dominate the fourth quarter. Whatever it is, you know, it's the suicides that they run, and then you have to shoot the free throws at the end of practice. And if the, if the guy makes two free throws, then the team can stop running. But it's because you want to be going to be uh, have that stamina in the fourth quarter. So I'm going to use a chess playing analogy that there's some people swear RJ gave me a book by Polyagievsky, Grandmaster Preparation, and he loved to play this the Night Orf, which is a opening for Black Sicilian, and it's it's difficult. You're getting attacked most of the game, and almost every Night Orf player for Black will tell you. That when you get into the fourth quarter in the end game, if you're equal, you're winning. And but, Miami has that okay. feel, right? And and I, it's funny because I thought last series maybe it was a Boston issue. Like, man, Boston keeps pissing away these fourth quarters. Like, yeah, they're so falling apart in the fourth it. quarter, yeah. Maybe it's a Miami strength and not necessarily a, like a, an opponent weakness. Yeah, Maybe it's, 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 it's how Miami's built, not, not necessarily how Boston was built or how Denver's built. Yeah, we can't keep saying that the opponents from Miami stop scoring in the fourth quarter or oh the shooting is is not a, at a yeah. high as high of a clip as it is earlier in the game maybe there's something to Miami's defensive adjustments or the way that they switch things up in the fourth quarter and that the, the different shots that they're taking it can't be a coincidence that Miami has done this before under Eric Spolstra. And if you even go back, because they tied the record with the most double-digit come-from-behind wins in a single postseason this year, it's a record that they also set two prior seasons also under Eric Spolstra. And and if I'm not mistaken, wasn't there a Miami team with uh, Spolstra that was with LeBron? Yes. Yeah. yeah. yeah okay. So, I mean, Faz, here's the thinking. How sure do we have to be there is something to the fourth quarter? I would make the case if we believe there's a 20% chance or something to it, it's still a bat, as long as the market isn't accounting for it. Yeah, so I like your 20%. Let's, let's assume and let's let's assume that it's only a two point. It's one bucket. All right. Let's assume it's one bucket that Miami's better in the fourth quarter. The the, the data says it's way better. Yeah. Way, way one more bucket twenty percent of the time, or one bucket overall. One bucket only twenty percent. Okay. Here's where I'm going. All okay. Right. So that's an extremely conservative assumption, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So if I take twenty percent times the you know the the but point two times two points, I get point four points in the fourth quarter with very conservative assumptions. Well, from getting point four extra points, that's actually because every half point's worth about thirteen cents. I'm fine. I'm I'm slightly profitable. It's tiny, but those with very conservative assumptions. Yeah. So what we're saying is, if that is the case, the worst case, you're still slightly profitable. Yes. And then there's a lot of upside beyond that. Yeah, because it might be 60% of the time, I'm three points better. What's amazing to me is that this narrative is now out here, mm-hmm. right? It's been all over Twitter. They talked about it during the post-game shows after the Miami come back and win in game number two. Yet... Fourth quarter line for this game, 
even minus one ten both ways. It's because the odds maker is anchored to the game line, and they're just gonna they're just gonna chug out the first quarter, second quarter, third now, quarter, fourth quarter. I would bet by game time it will be skewed because the batters are gonna. The bookmakers don't want to figure all this stuff out. Mm-hmm. They figure the limits are low enough. Let's let the batters shape up the lines. They'll move the lines if there there's lopsided batting. There, right? Certainly, but there's always going to be batters that are gonna say. Wait a minute! You can't. I get. I get pick them with a five point with a two and a half point favorite. I get them picking the fourth quarter. I'm going to bet that. So they'll be they'll be buyback the other side from pure you know numbers guys. All right. So the market right now is what, and I think we're going to make this an official pick, right? Yes. So the, mar- the market on the game is two point six, and then the market on the fourth quarter right now is. Um, the Denver is favored by just under half a point. Okay, so you can play the money line. We had a bet we were specifically looking at, which was how were we going at? We were going at it with plus a half a point, right? That's right. We're and minus take- one oh, what was it? Plus a half, and we were minus eighteen. That's right. Okay, yeah. and we thought that was worth it because it's thirteen yes. cents, and we think that half is worth more than thirteen. Yes. All right. So I we might we- do better. We might. We'll do we'll it see. sooner yes. for me. I, I, give me, I like this. Give me a dime on it. Okay, you got it. And um, but like, if you can't bet it, you make me nervous when you wait. You just do. Well, remember, a lot of places put up the quarters the day of the game. So that's why tomorrow. I'm up at six a.m. I'm up at six a.m. I just said it. I just said it. So um, now we'll make this. Uh, was McKen- McKenzie? You were in on this too. Pretty Love big. It. All right, so why don't we give both you guys will both have a best bet on it. Yep. For, so we'll have a record. For, uh, oh, not a bet, but a free pick here. And I, you know, none of us will otherwise. But I, we might like it or not. But they originated it. So is that fair? Sounds you, good. All right. Okay. Can I put down myself under first quarter under fifty five and a half? Yeah, oh, for sure. Yeah. But you put me down for that best bet. Yeah. So there, so if you're looking at all of these bets, you might say now here's the question, and let me say what I was going to say. Then I'll say the last question. I like. Oh, I've got an official pick under first half. Fez has under first quarter. Now, how do you handle? Remember, they're very correlated. You're not going to want to put a full unit on each, unless you want to go, you know, real wild with it, run wild. Um, so, what do you do, Fez? If you were betting a hundred, what do you put seventy, maybe seventy and seventy on it? Yeah, I think it's very similar to analogous to like it's like if you're playing blackjack and you normally bet like a um, hundred, mm-hmm. you know, then and you, you split to two ends, seventy and seventy. All yeah, right. some variation of that. Because they're certainly correlated. And I'm playing the in, in the fourth quarter isn't, right? But I like it, and I think it's a normal bet. Now, here's the question. What do we think about Do we are we playing the, the heat for the game? Because, I mean, we know the line's wrong. I think I want to play the Denver team total under. I like Because I like the under, mm-hmm. and I like Miami, and that means I'm getting the most bang for my buck – the line that's off the most is the Denver team total. And also, in general, I find that the marketplace oftentimes has, deals high on these team totals. So I might get in the NBA Finals a little bit of a rogue number, half point higher than market, even all the way to post. When you say deal high, if the way that it splits would be on a quarter point or something, it goes towards the higher they number. They round up, exactly. Mm-hmm. So if Denver should, so if this total, do the math here, it's currently sitting at 214. So if Denver's supposed to win 108 and a half to 106, Mm -hmm. I might get an under 109, by example. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 108 and a half. Yeah. Is it at one of the books? Mm -hmm. Yes. He's got 28 outs. Yeah, of course. (laughs) You might get a 109. 
Especially right at post, because what what what's going to happen? There's there's backer at players that walk up and say, "Yeah, give me give me the limit on the over for the for the Denver team total." It's the very it's the obvious square ball bet. And here's mm. here's the thing: if you have a bet that you could make all the time at an okay number or half the time at a really good number, you're going to do much better half the time at a really good number. <laughs> yes. So because the times you're betting, you don't get a good number. You got to have a hell of a pick to be positive EV. You know, if we shop for this, the theory is we're taking the VIG out by the shopping, unless there's, you know, true, you know, market consensus. And I very much liken this in terms of I don't like the, the preconceived notion of I'm going to bet one third on this, one third on this, one fourth on this. I like being like a quarterback that reads the defense, looks at his receivers, who's wide open, and then bet more on the very best number that that's being because offered your to me. Instincts are going to be like if there was a really advanced algorithm that addressed all this. It would say, what is the true expectation? What, and it would give you a Kelly pricing based upon that. You're doing that by instinct. You know that this is a half point better and it's a quarter bet and that half point means more. So, you, I mean, that's the way you're making the – and you also are camouflaging for for the out. You got a lot of considerations where, where you put your money. Yeah, and, and look no further like in the WNBA tonight. There was three games. Two uh-huh. of the three games. I'm guessing he won this game. I lost. Oh, you did? Yeah, okay. Did. So I'm three and one for the year. But the first two games both landed on the number. You could have gotten win winners on both sides of both those That's games. That's tight for the WNBA. I know. One game well, one game lands six, one game lands five. All yeah. Right. Um, Mackenzie, do you have an opinion on the game? Do you like the the uh heat for the game? I do. Uh I think you laid it out fine. I think uh well, the- good. I'm fine at least. What the hell? Yeah, I agree. You agree? I do. That's your analysis? I feel like this could be a blowout. I feel like Denver, I mean, Michael Malone's press conference wasn't just, it was, oh, so it was gonna startling. Try, they're going to try really hard. But you feel like Miami can blow them out. Yes, no. I do, because yeah. oh, really? the coach is looking at a 23-year-old Michael Porter, and he's like, I'm really shocked by your effort in the NBA Finals. I feel like he might turtle. I feel like he might really affect them, and... Now that seems in game. Yeah. If if I think he's got a good point. If the Heat get out by fifteen, maybe Denver has trouble coming back. Yeah. Here's the question: The Joker's very premise is he wants to get the he wants to be a facilitator. Mm-hmm. But everyone felt it seems had a bad night in game two, other than the Joker. Because that's what McKenzie said this before the game, and that's what Miami uh, that were, was going to try to do. Try to make him a score. Which is just let him let him score, don't let him pass anybody but else. But Denver's depth, their scoring ability generally is pretty good. But he only had, what do you have, four assists? It was like his lowest number. Because they were missing yeah. shots. He yeah. wasn't he wasn't passing. <laughs> right? But what I'm saying is, does he, with the stakes this high, say, I'm not going to let them be it? Because apparently late in the game, and I wasn't watching the very end, late in the game, there was a situation where he would have usually passed it, but he shot it. Someone made a big mm. point to say he just started shooting a bunch more and mm. said, I'm taking I'm taking this on my shoulders. Well, well if he not does, when it counted does, the most. Doesn't that – well, you mean the, sh- the shot? final was, shot. Yeah. yeah. But doesn't that make the case that if things start going south this game, he's not going to want to keep feeding? He's yeah. going to want to become a scorer? It's an interesting question. Yeah, because yeah. it's hard to if you're going to go zero and one, you might never get back to the finals. He's, you never know. It, it, other than him trying trying the last shot, it certainly seems like he's an optimal guy. Like mm-hmm. like he'll he'll make the, the the high IQ basketball play. But isn't it optimal to pass less when they're shooting poorly? Yeah. So now, if the pressure builds, as McKenzie's saying, and they shoot poorly a little bit, does he change too early? Mm. I mean, here's what I know. 
there could be something about Miami that makes them especially inclined to win these games. But there could be something about Denver that makes them especially inclined to lose these games. They've never been to the finals before. The Lakers didn't put up a real fight in the Western Conference final. So and they had a team that everyone says had no cohesion after the fact. But Denver with the, did have some close games and they looked good in the fourth quarter, though. But you know? it's easy when you're up three one. That's true. I mean, it's like when were, were they really have they? This is the first time they've been tied in any series. Or it was two two, I guess. But they it felt like when they came back from Phoenix when it was two two. It felt like Phoenix stole both those. Yeah, games, it, didn't it, it? I mean Denver. I'm not listen. We can reverse engineer whatever yeah. we want, but it does feel like if you say what is Miami's experience. When everyone in the basketball world is watching them, all right, in the last three years, it's massive. If we say the same thing to Denver, that experience is far less than half, in which it's a game that everyone's watching it. Plus, it's very unusual that a coach calls out his players as severely as Malone has done. I I wonder, like you said. He only does that if he thinks they can handle it. Can they handle it? I don't know. This is a different level. Can NBA players handle that? Do they like that? Well, he's he's been hardcore with them always. That's his style. And Jokic helps. He's almost like the sheriff in the locker Mm -hmm. room, right? He likes being coached hard. But this is a different stakes. These are different stakes. Um, I mean, has Malone even been an assistant on a championship team or a team in the finals? I looked that up. Yeah. I mean, who's had experience here in the finals? Everybody on Miami. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) So Miami maybe has something special, but maybe Denver has something dragging them down when the the chips are down. Eastern Conference final assistant in 2009 with the Cavs. Mike Malone. Ain't quite the same. (laughs) And especially, was that 09? Did they win or lose that year? They lost to the Magic. Yeah. So he's a loser in that level. He's a second-round guy, maybe. (laughs) And listen, I don't know, but what are we getting for the series price? I listened to SOVAM. It was I didn't hear it for a while. <laughs> what was I think it? plus two thirty. Yeah, plus two forty fives are oh, the really? consensus. And what was it before? What was the take back before game one? Plus three thirty at close. Okay, so they've eva- reevaluated yeah. that because it's just having the home court's not worth that much. They stole the home court back. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so, so Mackenzie, do me a favor. Take out your binomial machine. What, with the current number, what's the assumption on? Like, if we do two, two and a half, and I think we use seven and a half, right? Well, let's just do the math and flip. Let's call it six and a half points coming back. So it's gonna be it'd be minus. See, that would be minus four, Denver. This is crazy. Well, and I wanted to comment the one thing we haven't addressed. We are we have been seeing ten point line moves for the home court flips consistently. Like like the like the lines have been moving ten points, mm-hmm. and here we only saw basically. All right, call it eight. For game two, mm-hmm. we only saw a five and a half point line move here. Okay, okay, but I, so it I seems get, light. It oh, seems like I it should be more. I agree. Meaning better for Miami. The yeah. line should be better. I mean, if, if we, if we would have seen like an eight point move, mm-hmm. then it'd be pick them. Now I was. Now it's funny. After game one, with all the rest issues, I was on Sovam and uh, AJ was out, and <laughs> just fact is. <laughs> And Scott was thinking maybe game two will be nine. The line was nine. And Scott was thinking maybe game two would be nine. And I said, you know, I won't even try to bet here. I think it's 90-plus percent the line's less than nine. Well, it ended up closing like seven and a half, I know. But they opened it at nine. So, like, explain the thinking there, though. Did you think that there was anything about that game that made the line go up when it was as, when finally the rest wasn't going to be an issue? Like, how much did you think the rest was about in game one? The game opened like five and a half, right? Yeah, yeah. 
So what did you think? Ten or nine wasn't high enough initially? I mean, I know you ended up batting and you ended up giving it out, but what was your first instinct? I got spooked when I saw a higher number. I got faked out. And you figure, I can never bet a number. Nobody. <laughs> it, it does show you how different you are. We're so different in this. To me, I want the best number. Mm-hmm. But if I think I've got a pricing on I don't care. I, I care, but it's like I can't go back in time. So it's either bet this, bet this really good bet or don't. No doubt. And and they were the truth is everyone was cutting in line to take eight and a half and even eights at post. So now in hindsight, you love the nine. Yes. You just, I mean, listen, you respect the market. I just wonder if that's getting a little anachronistic. Like, is it that the market's changed so much that the respect it deserves? Like, back in the day, Billy was, in some seasons, he was the only real syndicate operating, is yeah. what I understand. So, no wonder you don't want to bet against those moves. I mean, allegedly. All right. So, minus 285 assumes, this is from McKenzie, Denver is five points better. That's assuming with the home, home. Away, yeah. home, and home. Or, or I guess away, home, away. Okay. So, huh. So, five points better. So, that this line is implying that the line would be, if it was even teams, two and a half. So, that shows you just how wrong. So, even the, this line is skewed from like a point or, or point and a half from what the market price is. Yeah. So, how, why? I mean, you, the zigzag, but it's the series is 1 1. That's what I'm saying. I mean, there's no. Uh, this is not a good zigzag situation. No. Just to be off. Just to be. It's the first home game for Miami. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Which in theory, gives them the boost. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's still only one-one. If it was o-two or something, or if they were up two-zero, I could see. Mm. I mean, this feels like both teams won it back. And I will say this: Miami. And Denver seem to be anti-zigzag more than other teams. I mean, they, they've played hard in spots you wouldn't expect them to both. Of. <laughs> the fact Miami wins three in a row against Boston and loses three in a row, yes. I mean, yeah, but the second win was, like, it was, what was it, 18 straight games that the team that lost the first game won the second game at home? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they, they somehow overcame that. Because yep. most teams are saying 1-1's one, one's a good split, right? I, 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 that, you know, that's a great point. That the If there's one thing you can take to the bank is that when you have a favorite, and they lose game one, they might not cover game two, but they probably will, and they're certainly going to win, except when Miami played Boston. Here's why I'm not, I'm not crazy about your team total on uh, under Denver. Because don't you think one of the drivers of the under is Denver's defense? So, like, is there anything about this situation that makes the Heat play, like, exceptional D? It feels like the Heat, their performance doesn't come from – D necessarily. I'm not saying it won't. I'm just saying, hmm. like, what makes us think that home, this home, do the Heat do, like, isn't home typically that your star score everywhere, but your role player scored home? Yeah. It's not that you play better defense at home, is it? Now, the theory is the other team's role players aren't yeah. playing as well. Yeah. I don't know. I have a question about the, the, the shift in scene. Like, going from elevation, it would... Is it more likely to be a high total or a, or a high scoring game or low scoring game when you get out of that? The altitude team at home typically always wants to run, mm-hmm. and they the other team doesn't. So yes. Miami will probably be less encumbered. They they will fight running less. I think. Okay. They'll be more inclined to run. I'm not saying they'll run. I'm saying. But Denver should certainly be content with a low, a, a slow pace on the road, knowing that they don't have their intrinsic advantage of altitude. Yeah. 
I don't know. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to double up. I'm going to. I'm going with the game. I don't know who's scoring a bunch of points because you can. I mean, Miami can win by six and you can still lose your back. I mean, like that's what's weird about those team. You're going to go Miami game and Miami f- fourth quarter both. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. But again, I'm making it official here. I'll figure out how I want to split those picks with you tomorrow morning, or I'll text before six a.m. But but I'm going to make it official here. Fourth quarter, yeah, that I'm not even officially a part of, but I agree with it. And Scott and, and McKenzie originated that here. I'm going with the under in the first half, and I'm also going with Miami for the game. I like the game because all things equal. Well, plus, yeah, I mean, Miami, Miami's fourth. That's interesting. What is in their fourth quarters that they're outscoring so much? I wonder how much of that is offense and how much of that is defense. Just just a thought I had, like we've talked about Miami with all the experience and like when you say and you like Miami, I'm starting to like Miami. Do you think about maybe playing the money line that when you when you've got that much of an experience edge, you've got the, the hyped home That's crowd? That's interesting. That's interesting. Because really we've been under the theory that these money lines are are, are the better bet with dogs anyway. Hmm. We uh we see what's available. We play it by ear. You know, yeah, I would say that's a good point. Whenever you're close to pick them, in general, if you know how to price it, you've just doubled the amount of options of betting, and it's not even a preference. You just say, what is, in a vacuum, the best price? Because we're painted two and a half. Mm -hmm. We could get a three tomorrow morning. Wouldn't surprise me at all if a three pops up and that three is going to be— A three would be valuable. And that three is going to be better than a plus 125 on a money line. Yeah, yeah, But if I can't—but if if it was painted two and a half, full vig— I'd rather have the 125. You know something? Let, now I think about this. Let's do – I'm going to follow my own advice. Fourth quarter is really correlated. Let's go uh, $7 on each of the two. All right? Instead of – 700 on yeah. Miami uh-huh. game uh-huh. and 700 on fourth quarter. Yeah. And you it's yeah. your discretion on uh, – On how to break up the 700. Yeah. Yes. And it doesn't have to be broken up. It can be all – however you want to do it. Yeah. And all, you know, all things – one thing I like to do is like – more psychological. If 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 I have a bet that I think is clearly better, I might put like five sixty on that and one forty on the other. Yeah, yeah, it, yeah. It just just because psychologically, you hate to like go all of it on the money line. For instance, let's say I get the better money line. Diversification is good. And then they lose by two, and I'm like, yeah, what? You didn't get any of them plus the two and a half. Think of it like a spreadsheet. Right? Yeah. you do. You just bet, 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 bet. All right. It's in, one last thing I want to cover. Well. I want to say one other thing. Kevin Love, prop-wise, and I know you got a player prop, AJ, I think what happened with Kevin Love, if you actually look at it, this is shocking. The uh, And, Mackenzie, this is around, so you don't have to figure it, but find it in a story maybe. When Kevin Love was on the court, I think it was 24 minutes or something, they held Denver way down when it came to their, net, uh, their efficiency on offense. Hmm. When he wasn't on the court, Denver's efficiency on offense was like 160 points. It was crazy what wow. it was. So we'll get the exact number, but I Kevin loved Harley. I think he DMP'd the first game. He played a lot this second game. I think in general, he's, I mean, there's no way he doesn't play a lot after that, I would think. Now, what does that mean for the other players and what you do with the props? I don't know. But it means you play Kevin, Kevin Love over for rebounds because he may not score, but dude yeah. is going to keep bagging like rebound that. after rebound. I like that. So we'll get that from McKenzie. What do you got? Bam out of bio, points, rebounds, assists, over 32 and a half. And he averaged under 29 PRA against Boston's defense. Boston has a time lord. Uh, Denver does not. And he's found a lot of success. 
39 points, rebounds, assists is what he's averaged through the first two games. And a lot of it is Miami's got so many shooters, the defense has trickled away from the basket. And Bam's gotten easy buckets at the rim, and he's gotten a lot of gimme rebounds. So we're seeing a lot more scoring and a lot more rebounds. So how much is that number up from – the prior game. Uh, so it was – It look, I looked at 31 and a half uh, last game, so up one from last game. And last game he ha- he was – it yeah. was, was his big game. I think home – I mean, I bet if you look at home, he's generally doing at least one additional – if you add up points, rebounds, and assists. I'm guessing. I'd look at those. Splits. I would think so. But he had, a, he had a pretty poor series against Boston, and I think it's kind of suppressed his numbers. Yeah, yeah. And if you believe Jimmy Butler's not 100% – and for and if you believe that for whatever reason the Caleb Martin was on fire against mm-hmm. Boston, so and now he's not getting the production. So if Butler's production's down and Martin's production's down, someone's going to have to score. And so far, Bam is. Well, if they want to cover my bet, yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Any closing thoughts, McKenzie? Kevin Love, when he's on the court, last game, eighty-one offensive rating for the Nuggets. For the entire game, they were one twenty-four, forty points better. I mean, and, and that 124 counts his 80. Right. Mm. So, I mean, if you think about it, if you're minus, like, what's typical, 115? 112, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that that that's crazy. I mean, so that was a big di- – and, again, that's another thing. If that gets unlocked, you know, he should be favored in this series. So, if live wagering, the second that Love comes in, we play hunt, we play under. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, it seems like, in general, he's shutting he's – shut it's one game. It's one 24-minute yeah. period. But, again – the coach for Miami is pretty sharp. Mm-hmm. All right. Any closing thoughts? Anything with the hockey interesting? Go Knights up 2-0? Go Knights go. Knights are up 2-0. I think if you like Florida in game three, it's correlated to the under. Because if Florida is going to win, it's going to be because their goaltender gets back to playing the way that he was prior to game one and two against Vegas. And Vegas has like a third string goaltender that's killing it, I hear. Yeah, but the problem is uh, he's – Playing incredible, but they score so much that he's not getting – he's getting recognition. He's not getting enough recognition because there's – Wait till they win it. Well, I still think Jonathan Marchessault will win the Consmite if they win. And that's the MVP for the – That's the MVP of the Why don't they just call it the MVP? It's named yeah. after somebody. They're too fancy. I think the under is the way to go. This is in the NBA. Well, NB- Fez, you were telling us last week it's betting against the Golden Knights was the way to go. No, that's not true. What? No, what? you go back, go back and listen. Go if back he's, and if he's listen. Looking for an under, he's betting against the Golden Knights anyway. I specifically said if you like the Golden Knights, bet them now, mm-hmm. and if you want to bet against the Golden Knight, bet yeah, but and we post did say that the other all side. things equal, you would blind bet the Golden Knights. I, I said bet against the Golden Knights. All, exactly. all things about, being equal, yeah. yes, I did say that, but I did say both sides. But in this case, this game one, game two totals are five and a half. Now it's six. Now I get it; it's an even number. It doesn't land as often as an odd number, but that's a huge valuation. Change. It's similar in NBA when mm-hmm. games one and two go over and they change venue. Game three goes under. This is going to be a two to one game, in my opinion. I just got a text. Type of game. Would you agree, Scott? That's, I talked about it yesterday. Yeah, that's what I said. I just got a text. Sue from Sioux Falls. You believe that, AJ? I don't have a green button. I'm trying to find a green button for Fez. You want to go over? I want to go over. Beautiful. Wowza. You want to go 1,000? No. No, no. Our bet is 300. Oh, our bet is 300. That's, just, that's, that's just, that's just you, standard. Do you bet. understand why you don't get action now? There you go. That somehow I still get action, but you don't? All right, 300. Which is crazy. Yeah. Don't badger someone that has the balls to bet you. There you go. 
Even when I had Scott, he was backed into a corner. He probably would have had it. If I gave him three to one, he would have yeah. had to bet the nine. I didn't even want to bet. You Because <laughs> I didn't want to exploit. Close at eight. Try to be nice. <laughs> there you go. Try to, it closed at seven and a half. Depends on the book. Wow. But either way, you thought it was uh, it was not. Yeah. You're saying you were only right by a point. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Sue from Sioux Falls says, Fez, why are you lying? Sue from Sioux Falls. Now, how does she even know? That's the weird part. This show's not even simulcast. It's unbelievable. And I've never heard her say anything negative about anyone but me. I told her. She, she messaged in last week when you were gone. She Wally said, Pitt. where's AJ? And then she had something about Fez. She was asking Fez why he tried to keep all the listeners from the Miami Heat over one and a half games bet. Remember against yep. Boston? I remember He that. said, it's not time to bet it. Not time. He's like he was working for the bookies, some people thought. <laughs> Sue is really kind of moving her cannons over to, I mean, Sue was, I told you, remember how he, Sue hated AJ? Yeah. And then at some point she said, oh, he's harmless. It was like, you know. Thanks, Sue. <laughs> you don't want to be harmless? No, I'm okay being harmless. <laughs> so any answer to that? None. He's looking at me like, come on, you're being too hard on me now. <laughs> Scott, be honest. Did he really push people to bet the Golden Knights? It wasn't like a best bet, but he said it was Golden Knights, right? He said the, the number is going to be worse as you get closer to game one. And was it? Yes. Because it looked like the money came in the other way. Not in no, Vegas. No, it went it up didn't. to one, 140, I think, right? You got, bar you got yeah. bargains in both games, one and two. So it was 115 and went up to 140? It was 125 and it went up to, or 130 and it went up to 140. Well, there was certainly under 130 at a given point, right? I heard there was 115s. Maybe I'm misremembering. I saw a circa minus 118. Yeah, that's what I'm the saying. That's the lowest I saw. He's saying 130. It's 118. Well, and it game went two. up to 140? And game two was 130, then 135, then 140. Game two was a little higher than yeah. game one. Uh, but but it was as low as 118 and got up to 140. All right, then you were there right. There was a minus 150. There was a take back 130. Okay, then I accept that. All right, I accept that. I mean, the fact that one or lost wasn't the point. It was you were saying, here's where the premium is going to be. But I, when I heard the 118, I was thinking, because I heard that, and I was thinking, geez, it's going the other way. Mm -hmm. But then it reversed itself. Okay. But apparently there's not as much exposure as there was, because they were such big long shots a couple years. I guess it was 18. Oh, their first oh, year, yeah, of course. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that they've wisened up a little bit, that they're like, oh, my God, we're going to make so much money. No, if, I, don't, if, if, I don't think. Like, next year? You think the books aren't – you think the book manager's worried about that? Well, he isn't. But Have maybe, you ever met these book managers? Yeah, <laughs> but if their bosses could call down and say, don't worry about it. I, yeah, that's what the bosses do. I, I, I was oh, at, you I, just lost us a bunch of money? No I was big at, deal. I was at, Relax, man. I was at Green Valley Ranch, like, an hour after the game was over. And game two, I've never seen so many people losing so much money in the casino. And I, I'm sure they told the sportsbook guy, "Don't worry." Yeah, yeah. <laughs> was in court. It's like he was in corporate. Now listen, when I call you a Pollyanna, I'm not saying anything but that. All right, all right. <laughs> I just want to make sure. So we're on to our time shift. It's good. And then we'll come back at the end. I'm gonna li we'll listen to this and we'll come back at the end. All right, enjoy. You know. Let me ask you a question, and I'm, I'm not saying anything about Fez, because Fez is a heterosexual male. I think it's fair to say, right? You're married, you got a kid. And I'm a male. Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Do you think guys who avoid, I'm asking Scott, guys who avoid that test after mm -hmm. 50, would you say more or less of them are closeted gays? Because it would strike me Ooh. that someone who really was closeted would be, make a big production about not wanting to do that. 
There's, I don't know if it's, there's a, maybe this a homophobia. AJ, I want your thoughts too. There's maybe a little homophobia to the whole resistance to the exam. But often but closeted who, older men who have alleged to be straight mm-hmm. have a oh, self-loathing. I think he's right. Mm. Boy, you, he talked very knowingly about that. Well, that was weird, but go. <laughs> but, but, so what do you, let's add it up. I tend to think. You're going to have people that really are like, oh, I can't, you know, that's a horrible idea. I don't care about dying. Or, the, But there are going to be, I think, a number that's going to react. Like, if I make a big production out of this, it will, it will make me – like, the same guys are the type of a girl walks by, they're going to be saying, oh, look at those tits. You know, it's going to be that kind of thing. What do you think, AJ? I think you're on to something here. Yeah. But I don't think Fez is. I don't think that's the case. No, he's he's know, busy. If it's like sixty percent of people are are that, Fez is in the other forty. Yeah, for sure. Not that there's, not that there's anything wrong with that. Exactly. Jimmy oh. G is very good looking man. That's true. I mean, and the fact and, that you can say that says something. Though when he was with that one fifty year old porn star, that was the upset of the week. I that was, was like, I, I was disappointed. It tells me he's got like a mother fetish. There's some guys that want to be mothered by older women. Of course, like I only know porn stars from the '90s, so like they're all old now. It's well, like you could, Savannah, you don't watch them now. Yeah, like Savannah. I think she died. Though. Well, Howard Stern. Howard Stern had you know there was all the ones Howard Stern made famous. Yeah, right. There was that. I tell you, the one who's the one that was the most that she, she was in the movie with him, and she was from Vegas. She was in L.A. and she was from Vegas. Jenna Jameson. That's it. If you if you want to see something wild. Jenna Jameson's first appearance on Howard Stern. She looked like the girl next door like you've never seen before. Like the best version of the girl next door ever. And then like within three years, she looked like the Jenna Jameson that, again, became famous, but was, I think, a cliche of porn star looks, you know? The original version, <laughs> the, the, the vintage version was unbelievably Cute. I mean, cute's probably the right word, but girl next door, yeah. beautiful. Same thing can be said about Pamela Anderson. But the, have you seen uh, the the latest version of Jenna Jameson? Did you see how downhill it's gone? Well, her- that just listen. You ever look at your picture compared to when you were in high school? Hey, Father Time or something. Exactly. I mean, let's not. You know. <laughs> but, but sometimes people get work done that isn't the best work. Okay, so you're saying it's not. She looks old. She, she looks her her attempts to stay looking youthful. Have gone awry. No, to be fair, mm-hmm. I don't think Ginger Lynn has had any work done, and she's not looking very good. And she was like the most gorgeous. How would you gal. know what Ginger Lynn's had done? Well, I just I'm saying I, I saw a picture of her recently. So you're saying there's no way there could be any work done here? And unlikely. It's like if you walk in a place and there's cockroaches and and uh, hamburger wrappers. And you say, I wonder if they clean today. Yeah. Your thought is no, right? Unlikely. But maybe they did, which would be even scarier. Mm, possibly. Right. Okay. I personally don't try to shame older ladies for being their age. I'll tell you this. A woman who looks good for her age, to me, is 50 times more preferable than a woman trying to be 20 years younger. Agreed. I mean, at some point, you can't want to be living like you're 25 years old. I mean, like, to even want that is sad. Liz Hurley. Yeah, that's a good example. Now, be aware, Fez, that... All of these women in the public eye, and I think 99%, have some type of quote-unquote work, but not facelift. Facelifts have gone kind of out of vogue, mm. but they, there's a thing called— um, Botox. 
that was certainly like 10 years ago. Okay. And there's some of that now. No, now Botox and uh, and, 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 and uh, filler. That's and, it. That's and, it. Filler. Yeah. Jord, or Jorderm or something it's called. Uh, that I, I know someone. And the lip injections now. Well, that's interesting. But, but what I would say is. I that, call it the face. You ever look now? Like a lot of these women, they all look the same. It's placid. It's a placid look. It's just the same look, Mm -hmm. just a different hairstyle. It's like, look at the Kardashians now. Look at the housewives. Like, they all have the same exact face. Mm -hmm. That's true. Because they're all getting the same work done. At least the same depression uh, or decrease of, of movement. Because what 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 it is, I think typically is their their mouth is like their their forehead doesn't move when they talk, their eyes don't crinkle, and and the sad thing is for actresses or actors, Pacino had some tight oh, work done, yeah. but um, it hinders your ability to be an actor. Because so, you can't move, make facial movements. Yeah, the expressiveness mm. of your face is like one one of the great things an actor can do in the right spot. And but Tom Cruise is still great. Except Tom Cruise is like an avatar. Yeah. I mean, like, like it's like Tom. It's not. You're not looking at his face. I actually, you know, what's funny? I've never seen "Show Me the Money" that movie. What was the name? Jerry Maguire. I've never seen that. It's a good wow. movie. But I watched the last scene, the one he says, "You had me," or she said, "You had me at hello." It was horrible. It was. So, when's the last time you watched that? That scene was so bad. I want to talk to my wife. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yeah, Tom Cruise. Yeah, but Tom Cruise. I'll tell you this. Oh, did you have something to say? No, no. Tom Cruise was in the last Stanley Kubrick movie. Uh, Eyes wide shut. Eyes wide shut. And Kubrick could have had. At that point, he was so fair. He could have had anyone Anybody. he wanted. He wanted Cruise. Don't forget, Born on the Fourth of July is a great movie. Yeah. Uh, you love. Risky Business, Fez. That's one of your favorite movies, it, isn't it? It is an all-time classic. Yeah. It's tremendous. So I think Tom Cruise certainly had a time when you would make the— I mean, And Tom Cruise, like, Tom Cruise is a movie star. Yes. There's a difference between a great actor and a movie star. Correct. That's, Tom Cruise is, that's from, like, the ultimate from movie star. That's mm-hmm. from Entourage. Oh. When, when, remember, no, no, I mean, you didn't know that, but when Vince was trying to be, like, a hardcore actor, and he, was, he goes, Ari, do you have faith in me that I'm a great actor? He was your movie star. (laughs) You know, it's like it's a different thing. Like, do you think I'm a good actor? And he's like, no, but I think you're a movie star. (laughs) Is that how it went? Okay. Um, I didn't know he said no. He should have said, I don't know, maybe. (laughs) Uh, Maybe he said, I don't know. It was a radical truth. Yeah. Just got a call from the Princeton rep. Apparently, you had quite the meeting last (laughs) Friday night. (laughs) Ten bucks, man. No, I'm kidding. All right. So, so, um, one last thing with Cruz Magnolia, which is a Paul Thomas Anderson movie that was his. Third movie, I think Hard Eight, then it was Boogie Nights, and then Magnolia, which was like a three and a half hour epic. Tom Cruise. Heavy. Yeah, it is heavy. Tom Cruise plays like this self help guru that is completely ostracized from his father. And it was very, I mean, a good performance for sure. Um, a few good men is a good performance. Oh, for sure. He's a, listen, I just think he's become so self conscious about his brand, he doesn't take risks. Yeah, you know, and and again, the guy's making. I mean, uh, the way he did Top Gun, they are writing dissertations about the way he compiled it, the fan service they did. Mm-hmm. I don't think I heard one person didn't like that movie. No, the, the first one or the the new, the one? new one? Yeah, yeah. I haven't heard anyone say anything bad about it. I mean, it's like it, if you're on the lower end, it's okay, and if you're on the upper end, you love it. Bad That's bad. all you can ask for. Yep. Yeah. So, all right. Dukes of Hazard. Favorite TV theme song. Now that could, wow, just the good old yeah, Waylon. Now, have you ever is that Waylon Jennings? Yeah. Have you ever heard? That's great. Have you ever heard or saw the commercial that Nike did that had Chocolate Thunder or, or White Thunder? I guess it was. 
what was that? Uh, Jason, White chocolate. Jason White Williams. Cho- okay, yep. okay. I'm thinking of Daryl Dawkins for yeah. a second. <laughs> is uh, Jason Williams and Randy Moss. Yes. When they were both at Marshall. Marshall. You've seen that commercial? Yep. Oh, it's great. Yep. Have you seen that, Scott? No. Oh, pull it up. I mean, you're going to love it. You can do, listen to We'll have a little background music. <laughs> Just, yeah, Nike. Have you seen this, Faz? The, well, what is it again? It's Are a commercial with Randy Moss and Jason Williams from no. like, going back to when they were childhood friends. I'm sure I probably, no, I would have remembered that. All right. Just a good old boy. All right t- tell us what's happening. Uh, it's like little Randy Moss running around in the helmet. Now they're showing them as high school basketball players mm-hmm. together. Now there's pictures of them both in high school playing as children, teammates. Jason Williams passing to Randy Moss for the dunk. Ooh, that footage. And Randy Moss at Marshall and Jason now Randy Moss in the NFL and Jason Williams in the NBA. It's pretty good. It's just a <laughs> pretty good commercial, ain't it? So the the, the 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 theme is they went to high school together. <laughs> the theme is they were. Remember, if you remember at the time, they were two bad boys. Yes. And yes. and, it's, and it was just the good old the, yeah, the good old boys. Yeah. Saying yeah. that they, hey, you want to try to demonize them? Mm-hmm. And is it, there's one white and one black? Mm-hmm. Bring it all together. We're all troubled. Is kind of what it was. <laughs> and we should all overlook it. What was the consensus on best theme song? Well, only one person had the number one. Is that is it Cheers? No. Oh, okay. What was number I one? I had the number one. Oh, come on. Moving on up. Oh, that is a good one. <laughs> yeah. that, that makes me happy. Like, just hearing that. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, that's just, I mean, All right, so here's the list. I like the Golden Girls, too, but I part of, <laughs> part of me thinks that's because I liked the Golden Girls show. It but was, thank you for being a friend. <laughs> Traveled down the road and back did, again. Did he have like some type of like? Did you have like a week in a mental institution? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I like the Beverly Hillbillies also. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I, that got a little bit. That's in my mind too much. It's like when I hear it once, I, I it's in there <laughs> Sticks, for another month. Yeah. Uh, so the Jeffersons were one. Number two was the Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island. Time. My selection. What was it? A three-hour cruise? <laughs> Sanford and Sons, which was the first acoustic or not acoustic, um, uh, like the with instrumental no, no words, instrument, yeah. yeah. Um, and I gave a little info there. You know, Quincy Jones was the writer of that. I did not know that. Yes, it's um, funny when you, you said the first one because another one that I thought of, but it has no words, is The Simpsons. And like, uh, I could just sing. I can. Well, the chalkboard is different every time. Like, but I just to hear that and song. Yeah, uh, them sitting on the couch is always different. Yeah, at the end. Okay. Yeah. But I think it's one of the most recognizable theme songs. They've been on for thirty years. Uh, <laughs> uh, Crazy Ex-Girlfriend. I don't even know that show. What's that show? Never heard of it. It's a made-up show. 2015 to 2019. I don't believe it. All right. Um, <laughs> next up, we got uh, Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. It's a beautiful You know, that day, was Pittsburgh. Yeah. Was it? Yeah. He was out of Pittsburgh. Uh, Twilight Zone. Fresh Prince. Now, that was one of your picks, yep. Scott. Uh, how Friends many? was also one of my picks. That was like a big, like a commercial hit. That's, why, that's, why, I, that's why I mentioned it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Number eight. Number nine, The O.C., Shocking, I never watched that show. And uh, something called Too Many Cocks. Oh, wait, <laughs> Cooks. What, what's that? Adult Swim 2014. Okay. I've never heard of it. Now, I tell you, Adult Swim, I can appreciate. They, they had ambitious, or they have ambitious. I think it still goes on, right? Ambitious. I loved home movies. Has anyone else seen home movies? No. Great show. You like that? Oh, Walter and Perry is so funny. Oh, my gosh. And we're back. Unlike radio, we're back. Time shifted to, well... To the end, Fez, take us home. Hey, hey, be careful out there. All right.